Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find us on the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com and also check out the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Now, tonight we have uh, our guest in, uh, Christine Timmon, who uh, we've had on a couple times before, uh, but we are welcoming her back this evening. Tonight, uh, our topic is four clauses in the U.S. Constitution uh, can court-martial Obama. And our guest, uh, Timon, is an alumni of the Thomas M. Cooley Law Library. She worked with the 104th Congress to reform welfare and drug dealing. In 2012, she worked towards exposing voter fraud. She is also a constitutional consultant. And now immigration is her focus of her work. And she also exposes how drug deals aided in the invasion of America, and how the Constitution takes America back. Recently, she has been in Washington, D.C., and we will talk about uh, what she's been doing there. 
And also we're going to discover the 12 words that can reform integration and citizenship. So we're looking forward to hearing from Christine. So without further ado, let me go ahead and open up her mic. Thank you very much, Christine, for once again coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing really fine, and I'd like to thank you, you know, for giving me this opportunity to come back on this show. Oh, it's it's great to have you, and it's but uh, really enjoy our conversations both on and off of the air. Uh, so, first of all, as I mentioned uh, before, we get to those four clauses in the Constitution uh, that can court-martial Obama. Let's first go ahead and tell us what you've been up to while in your visits to D.C. Oh, I had such a great time in D.C. I, I, I tell you, it was like a thrill on Capitol Hill. Everybody was very, very nice to me. I had my part one of the 20-year Newt Gingrich study. See, back when uh, Newt uh, ran the Congress, in the 104th Congress, you know, he was trying to reform welfare and drug dealing. That's what they all were trying to do. Once we got that done, he honed right in on immigration. And, of course, he was vilified by the press, you know. And, and so I listened to what he said. He said, we need to find a way to bring immigration back to the constitutional level before it's too late. Well, he asked for everybody to start reading up on it. I think I'm the only one who listened. What I did, I, I uh, went to Thomas M. Cooley Law School. This is right around the corner from where I live. I had my own little spot that I sat in, and I sat there for nine years searching and researching with the uh, the librarians and the reference desk people, and then I would go to the seminars. And as a result of what I learned there, I was able to go into U.S. District Court three times. I had to go myself because attorneys are kind of afraid to go into U.S. District Court for claims against government, so I could get no one to help me, so they made me go myself. They, the librarian said, you can do this, just go on over there and file it. I did. Three times I won. Once for $10 million, once for 15 and once for 20 How they got away, they got away on immunity. But when a government gets away on immunity, it means they're guilty. You sit around and wait a few years, sometimes 20, and that stuff can get overturned. But I wasn't really after the money. I was after trying to find out what Newt was talking about. Well, I didn't get into that until I moved to Florida and saw the deplorable condition that my country's in with my, my fellow Americans, Europeans, and African Americans on the street corner begging while all of these Hispanics and Haitians, Jamaicans, Cubans all got jobs. And, and I'm saying to myself, something is wrong with this picture. So I started going to the U.S. District Court. I went five times, and I found out what's happening. The U.S. District Court, most of them, I know in the Sixth Circuit and the Eleventh Circuit, they have template case law to neuter the Constitution. This is probably one of the reasons that attorneys don't want to go in there with it because they have certain case laws that they put out in front of your face and tell you that the Constitution is frivolous, lacks the legal basis or standing, and does not serve a useful purpose in U.S. District Court. Now, these are the people who were sworn to uphold it. Technically, they're in violation of Amendment 14, uh, Section 3, 
that says if you swear to uphold the Constitution, you don't do it, it then become insurrection. So they're getting away with a whole lot of stuff right now in U.S. District Court. But I think the most important one that I put in was case number 62937, uh, judged by Catherine Williams. That case was meant to point out that Mr. Obama, on November 20th, not one word he uttered is in the Constitution of the United States of America. Nothing he said that meant under the supremacy clause, nothing could be put into law. He can say what he wants to say, but under the Constitution, it couldn't become law. Well, as you know, he tried it. Three days after I left D.C., I was there on the 12th. Three days later, Judge Hanin ruled the same thing I said, that the 26th state didn't have to do it. So he's holding that date, and I am really, really happy, and I hope that some kind of way some of it came from some of, some of the cases I put in. I know they were all filed with the Senate and the House Judiciary and all the top leaders like Sessions and Graham and all them and Trey Grout and that whole crew uh, that's supposed to be running it for the House. So I'm not going to say that he read mine, but just like it. The only difference was I had the actual constitutional clauses that say he can't do it. I had the clauses that actually hold him in court martial for doing it. This judge, Hanin, he just said it wasn't a nice thing to do and it would overrun the states and overburden them. And I think about 69237, people should write that number down. See, that case is a $10 trillion tax claim case for the descendants. Real quick, Christina, can you, and well, you said you want, would like people to write that down. Go ahead and repeat uh, that, that number it's, it's <laughs> that, that gives the opportunity. Because we know we love you, but we like to. We know you talk a little fast. So go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Christine Kellen and Barack Obama. It's a federal court case. It'll pop right up when you put in that six two nine three seven. That's the number six two nine three seven. Christine Kellen and Barack Obama. Now, what that case does is a ten trillion dollar tax claim case for the descendants of the Europeans and the descendants of the African Americans whose inventions were bought by the Europeans. It was the Europeans who put all the money here in America. All the time, every time that, that was given away starting in 1962 to the Cuban people, I remember those days, they told us that that money was going to be returned. They never did. Now, Newt Gingrich, they all tried to get it back, but they couldn't do it. So I wrote it up this way as a tax claim, because when you write up as damages, well, you're saying they did something to my man about it. But a tax claim, they actually have to return that money. So what I have to do now, do this thing settle down a bit, since Judge Hanin ruled the same thing I wrote, I'm putting that case right back in. I'm putting it right back in, so this Still a tax claim. What I want them to do is divide that ten trillion dollars between the descendants of the Europeans who put everything here and descendants of the African Americans whose invention helped get it started. I think that's the only fair thing to do. I don't see how it's fair for the descendants of the Europeans to be standing on street corners begging like I see every day while the descendants of the the Hispanics and, and of the, the Haitians, Jamaicans, and Latinos and Cubans, they all got everything going on. It's just not there because they never invented anything. It was the Europeans. I can I know because I worked with Europeans 
they were the ones who built the first perpetual motion three-tower nuclear power plant. And I know because I led the team as their secretary. There was one African-American. I didn't see any Hispanics or Haitians or Jamaicans or Latinos. They weren't there. So why, where, where, why are they coming here now? When the Europeans were building this country and sending it up to say that the United States is going to be one nation under God, English, and we're going to leave a better nation for our children. We had the same people was here now with their Spanish lingo and their bilingual taking over everything. Their parents didn't say that. They didn't say we're going to leave a better Latin America for our kids. They didn't say we're going to leave a day. They said nothing. What they've done, they sent their kids here to take over what belongs to the Europeans and the African Americans. And I'm really, really surprised that Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton are not screaming bloody murder like they usually do. If it was some of the white people did, they'd be screaming bloody murder. But they're a part of this Hispanic takeover of America. So even though their own people are being hurt, they haven't said a darn word. So since they haven't said a word for the African Americans, I'd like to, but they don't usually listen to me. And the reason I'm doing this so very strong is because it's the European descendants who are being hurt right now worse than anybody else. And I'm going to see to it that it doesn't go any further than 2015. Now, no one is getting out there and speaking for them. I haven't heard not one Caucasian, not one nobody get up and say the European children and their inheritance. So if I have to do it, I'm going to be the one to do it. It's like it was the Europeans who wrote the Civil Rights Act of 64 that freed the African-Americans from the mess that was going on down south. It was the Europeans of north who freed the slaves. So now I think it's time for us to, to, to get out of our little seat and start raising the dickens to try to get some of that money back. I want retraining for them. I want I want them to get all this, this $10 trillion. I want it to be divided between all of them. Now, uh, that's the only thing that I see would be fair as a result of what happened back in, when they started the vote list, which is unconstitutional, in uh, 1962. So that was what I was doing in D.C., was passing out uh, those uh, part one of the New Gingman study. Then I was there in April with part two, showing them how to use the Constitution. What I did, I took the Constitution and I did each clause in size 28 font and just wrote it just like it was and gave a short explanation of what it means. And um, so I, I hope that it will help them. And I, I hate to hear other people talking about the Republican Congress, this, that, and the other, because well, what have they done to try to help? The Republican Congress went to the same school everybody else went to where all of these things that belong to America were taken out of school and given to somebody else. So they have to operate on what they know. They can't operate on what they don't know. So that's why I'm continuing my study. And believe it or not, there's three people in this group. A Democrat, believe it or not, she does a lot of the financing because I'm, my funds are low. And a Libertarian, he does a lot of financing too, and myself. And uh, so they help me to keep my mind straight because it's hard to do all this stuff when you got opposition. But it's getting to the point now where the opposition really has stopped hassling me, and they're starting to listen to what I'm saying because our identity is in the Constitution. What has happened to us after Senator McCarthy died, you know, he used to always say anything can be communized. 
And so what has happened, the Constitution has been communized to brainwash America of their ID. Americans don't even know who they are. It's right there in the Constitution. No one can walk across that border and take over anything in that Constitution. There's too many clauses against it. So that's why they took all of that out of school. Nobody knows. So if you can't operate on what you don't know, you're born into something, you see it, and you think that's what it's supposed to be. But America has got to get its ID back. It's all in the Constitution. It's easy to understand, especially the way I've written it up in, in Part 2. And I'll be going back in about three weeks with Part 3 and Part 4. So I hope everybody understands what I just said. We've got to get the identity of America back. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to, to ask the people to, uh, if they have a Constitution handbook, or if they have their computer, I'd like to ask everyone to pull up Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 through 17. It's all together before we get started on how Mr. Obama can be court-martialed. Because I know it all sounds very, very strange because people haven't heard it before. See, in elementary school back in the 50s, what I'm saying to you guys tonight this was conversation elementary school. They took all of that out. You couldn't even go to junior high if you didn't know the little stuff we're going to be discussing tonight. There's not one word in the Constitution that raises above elementary school level, not even one. It's just that if you've never seen it and you spend 40 years with somebody going to flip the script and doing just the opposite, of course it sounds, it sounds scary. But to us little kids, it wasn't scary. To the people of America, when the government tries to do something, first thing they say, uh-uh, they can't do that, it's a violation of such and such. Uh, what's his name? Senator McCarthy would haul him in. But after he died, oh, man, that's when they took over. So I hope everybody is pulling up Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 to 15. Now, I will start by saying these are your constitutional military laws. Believe it or not, they're sitting right there. Clause 11 to 15. Clause 15 is very important for what Obama said on November the 20th. It says in the Constitution that Congress shall have the power to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union and to suppress insurrection and repel invasion. i read it again. It's Clause 15. Congress should have the power to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrection, and repel invasions. What did Mr. Obama do on November 20th? He stood there and joined the insurrection with all sorts of dialogue, telling these people, oh, come on to America. Don't worry about the law. Forget that. Oh, I'm going to give you their money, too. So basically what he did, he caused the insurrection, and he caused an invasion. All the laws that he's been writing for non-citizens fall up under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15. The thing that really does it for him terribly is Article 2, Section 2. You might want to turn and read it for yourself. It says, each president shall be commander-in-chief of the military and the militia. 
and they got power over the generals and the sergeants and all those people. However, Congress has the power under Amendment uh, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 14. It says Congress shall have the power to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and labor forces and the militias. Clause 15 says they can go so far as to organize state militias under congressional power and paid for by Congress. Did Obama do that? No. He violated Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, 14, 16, and Article 2, Section 2. The military leader, the leader of the militia of the United States, caused people to invade America. He's supposed to be court martial. When you look at Amendment 14, Section 3, it clearly says, when you swear an oath in any office in the United States and then you don't do it, you have then committed insurrection and rebellion. What Mr. Obama did was also sedition and treason. That's the same thing that Senator McCarthy used to haul in Supreme Justices when they tried to do these things. So that's what, what uh, court marshals Mr. Obama. He is in violation of constitutional military law against invasion of the United States. End of that story. Now, under constitutional governmental law, that's Article 4, Section 4. It says the United States supposedly gives uh, each state a Republican form of government. You guarantee a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them from invasion. So how can he stand there as the president of the United States and cause this invasion, proliferate it, and then pay him to come here and on to what he already did? How can he do this? He's supposed to be impeached for that. That's right there in, our, in Amendment 14, uh, Section 3. He's supposed to be impeached. But I don't like the impeachment process. It's too cumbersome. I prefer just to surround the White House with the military, 1,600 just surround it with the militia. Cut off all the power for 72 hours. That's how you neuter your enemy. And when you cut the power back on, you explain to them what they're being charged with. Now, that's all I can say about that. Now, some other people might go talking about some acts. Acts don't count. Acts, that stuff that the Democrats, commies, made up when they ran the country for 40 years. They made up all this stuff. What's in the Constitution, this is the identity of America. I don't care what somebody write up in their acts, because I've been to the U.S. District Court about 20 times, and I know exactly what they do. So, Let's move on now. I hope everybody got an understanding of this and write these clauses down. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 to 17. That's constitutional military law. And no one violates it without being court martial. Care who you are. Now, also, you might as well know everything in Article 1, Section 8. Is protected by the Constitution. That means the court or the president, I don't care what they do in Article 1, Section 8, nobody can do anything about it. 
Right now we have Republican-led House and Senate. They're the rulers of the world. And this is what I'm trying to teach them. Nobody can stop them. All this stuff Obama talking about, he going to do, he going to veto anything with Obamacare. He can't do it. That falls on Article 1, Section 8, <clears throat> Clause 1. It says uh, uh, United States should have the power to uh, provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. It's a tax. That's what it is. You can you can raise taxes for that. Anything you use taxes, then Obama can't veto. Oh, he can do it because they don't know that yet. But they study. If they learn all this stuff that we learn in elementary school, they can flip the script on everything that's been done. And in six to nine months, America will be back to normal. The immigrants will be settled down in the state that they're in. Everybody be paying their proper dues, and we won't see this stuff again. So now let's move on here to uh, the 12 words. You know, it's always been the little things. When I worked with the 104th Congress, it was four little words that helped them to write all those laws that President Clinton signed. What were four words? They said, well, how are we going to stop all this welfare fraud and drug wars? I said, just use four words. And they looked at me, what are you talking about? I said, you stop welfare drug use. Then I gave them a chart that showed you where millions of welfare recipients were using and selling drugs to the rap music. I said, you tell those girls the law changed now and you get caught with drugs, your check is gone. And that's the way they rewrote the law, because the way the Democrats had it wrote up, I don't care what they did, you couldn't stop that check. No, care what they did. We had to pay rent, deposit, all over again, and buy new furniture because the police wrecked the furniture when they raided. All this stuff was going on. They stopped it, and I told them, at the time that you stopped this, I'll bet you the drug cartels will be no more. They didn't believe me at first. But then they started researching. Next thing you know, they shut the government down like I told them to tell Nuke to do. And strict fix this thing right. Clinton signed it. We haven't heard from a drug cartel since Noriega and Escobar, the ones who used to practically run America, sitting up on Wall Street Journal first page. You ain't heard from them because they don't have the base that they had. They had millions of people hooked. They don't have that base anymore. So... That is why I tell you it's the little thing that can stop in action. Now, these 12 words, first four words, everybody write it down. Return state immigration power. Now, in the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 9, all three clauses give immigration to the state. So does Article 4, Section 2, and 4. Article 6, Clause 2, that's a supremacy clause that says all laws have got to follow the Constitution or it's no good. Then you go to the amendments, 10, 11, and 14. All of this indicates state power over non-citizens and immigration. In fact, Amendment number 11 
<laughs> you, if you says if you are a citizen or a subject of a foreign state, you can't sue any of the United States in federal courts. Yet we see it happening every day. We see when you fill out these forms to file a case in federal courts, at the very bottom is kind of immigration. He ain't supposed to have it because immigration would be pitting a non-citizen against a state, both in state court. So now the next four words is stop non-citizen federal welfare. Nothing in the Constitution allows it. Now one word. Everything the United States does has got to be for citizens. And the same clause I just count, just told you count for that as well. In fact, it's treason. When the Democrats started giving them our money, like the Cuban vote list, and telling them they can just go to Florida and get wet foot, dry foot, and just take over Florida, that was treason. That's Article 3, Section 3. It says treason is letting war against the United States or giving aid and comfort to any of their enemies. That's what's been going on right in front of our faces. So that's eight of the words. The next four words, revoke invalid unconstitutional citizenship, and you're done, just like that, just like that. You return the immigration power back to the state. That means all 12 million people, anybody, even the ones that think they got green cards, okay, what, who you are, you're supposed to register with your state, pay whatever dues and fees they charge. Once they give you a registration card, well, the beauty of it is you can't be deported then because you're illegal in that state. Back in the day, people who had money would be trying to register in all the states because it was a seven-year thing. In order to become a citizen, you had to be not only registered, and if you wanted to work, you had to have a state work visa. If you wanted to become a citizen, you had to be sworn in as a legal resident of that state. Then the state sent that to the immigration people, then they sent back to that person the papers to show them how to become naturalized. It was used a seven to nine year process. They stopped doing that about 40 years ago when the Democrats wanted to take over after Senator McCarthy died. So technically, all the people that they have made citizens since 1962 under Homeland Security, which I'm going to read to you right now, Chapter 2, Pardon L, Volume 12, Ground for Revocation of Naturalizing. It tells you you've got to show physical presence, lawful admission for permanent residence. That would be you have been sworn in as a legal resident of the state, and that has been sent to them so they know who you are and how long you've been in that state then you've got to have good moral character. If you come crossing off that border and you didn't have a passport or a real genuine reason to be here, you can't just run over here and start taking jobs and stuff. And the most important one, an attachment to the U.S. Constitution. Just about all these citizenships have been comprehensive. That means it's no good. The same thing can happen like just happened in the Dominican Republic. They revoked citizenship of Haitians retroactive to 1929 because of constitutional issues. I'm sorry, but the same thing got to happen here in America. And I have told the Congress 
how to do this, the first thing they got to do is recognize that there is no such thing as a U.S. House, a U.S. Senate Immigration Committee. That's a minor committee that belongs to the state who they are. They are Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4. I want everyone to write that down. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4. It says, Congress shall have the power to establish uniform naturalizing. They're the naturalizing committee. That's a powerful committee. That's the committee that decides who, when, and how, and where you can become a citizen. I don't care if the states bring 10 million people an hour. How can they be naturalized for voting? If it's in the Constitution, no, then they can't be because the naturalized committee has already set the rules. Think about it, what they can do right now, what they should do, I've told them repeatedly, and I'm going back in a few weeks. Darn it, establish the, the congressional naturalized committees in the House and Senate. Put out a blasted moratorium on new citizenship for the next five years until they get the INS and the FBI to investigate all of these fake citizenships that they use to vote people in the office and keep people out of office and keep people off jobs, keep American citizens off a job. I don't know if they're going to listen, but I have explained to them anything that they do with immigration is unconstitutional, which makes that committee an unconstitutional committee. So these are the things that I have been doing uh, since I last talked to your audience. I don't know if many people have tried to get up and do these things. It's hard for them to know this because, as I said, this stuff was taken away. And when Newt Gingrich asked people to do these studies, no one listened but me. So, and I like to I like to learn things. And, you know, it's, it's actually I get an endorphin rush every time I learn something new. And just like last week, we had a meeting last week. And everybody was saying, well, where do these people go when they come across the border? They just blend in, and next thing you know, they're all working, and, and Americans on the street begging, and, and they're using bilingual, which also, I might add, is a violation of every civil rights law in this country. You can't use race, creed, color, national origin for any reason. It's supposed to be sued. So I figured it out. It's always going to be me because, see, I'd be out here doing it. It hit me one night. Oh my God! It's these immigrant well, brokers. Well, and, right, and one thing I want to make comment on, and I see it's the bottom of the hour, Christine. And so, while uh, we're going to hear from the Patriotless Network uh, oh. for a moment uh, at the bottom of the hour, but first I just want to make a comment. I remember uh, when we interviewed Virgil Goode, who was running for president for the Constitution Party in 2012. Uh, one of the things that he mentioned that he was supporting, or he would support is a uh, moratorium on immigration, not just illegal, but all, all immigration, till the unemployment rate in the nation reached uh, 4 to 5%. Uh, so that's something that he was going to do as well. But before we bring it back on, uh, uh, Christine, I just want to let us know we do have a number of folks on the line, including our panelists, Dan, Cindy, okay. and Kelly. We'll be bringing them in 
shortly. Oh, uh, right. We'll bring in Dan first, then Cindy, then you, Kelly. Uh, but first, let's hear from the Patriot Generous Network. And for anyone else who would like to chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428 and tell us your thoughts on anything uh, for tonight. And if you are on the line, and I do see there are those on the line, push the one on the number dial to let us know that you would like to get into the show. And then I'll do a little uh, behind-the-scenes call screening at that time. But first, uh, before we bring you back, Christine and then Dan, let's hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. The definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.PatriotJournalist.com and also check out the Bard's Logic Political Talk website at www.PatriotJournalist.com. Bards Logic Political Talk dot com, uh, where you can see uh, a link to a show that we had Mark Prasick, who is the founder of the Patriot Journalist Network, on the show, as well as a list of all the different guests that we've had uh, through our time here, as many as may well as some other pages uh, that we have. And so let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you, Christine, and then we're going to bring Dan in, and then we'll go from there. Go ahead, Christine. Well, one final thing I wanted to point out here. Uh, is uh, the immigration brokers and the citizenship and naturalization brokers, they're profiteers. That's who's in control of naturalizing right now in citizenship and immigration. You see them all over southwest and southeast. You'll see a sign that says immigration or citizenship illegal. Only Congress can do that. Somehow or another, these foreigners, when you call most of those numbers, it's somebody with a foreign voice on there running immigration and naturalizing. And they're taking them somehow or another, they're getting them in the U.S. District Court illegally, and the federal judges are part of this stuff. And that's why I'm ready to have every one of them call before the U.S. House and Senate uh, Judiciary Committees to tell what clause of the Constitution they're doing this because there's none that allow this to happen. So that's another thing we got to hone in on. And I have told the Congress no later than two hours ago that you've got to open your nationalizing committee. You have got to inform the section of Homeland Security that does the nationalizing. They've got to get the FBI and the INS and investigate all of these Immigration citizenship brokers, they're profiteers. They charge thousands of dollars. The money actually belongs to the state and to the United States, and they're running a congressional duty. One of the most powerful duties that Congress has is the Naturalized Committee, which I'm trying to get them to form right now. So how did this happen? Like I told them today, they make you guys sound flaky. You, they sound like what? Like you sound so lame. You're sitting up here letting a bunch of foreigners be in control of naturalizing and citizenship and immigration. What's wrong with you people? Because, you know, I tell them just exactly what's happening. But this has got to be stopped. I told them they got to raid every one of them. 
carry out computers, all these files, everything all around the nation. That's how they're getting this fake ID to get on welfare. And we look up, they got jobs, and we don't have jobs. Then they're holding this this bilingual stuff that aids them in doing this. But it can't happen if it wasn't for these brokers. What's supposed to be happening now, and I told Congress today, you're supposed to return immigration power back to each state, give them 90 days to reform, get their immigration office open all over their state. Marco Rubio says it's $500 for the, the registration and, uh, and 500 for the work visa. So that's $1,000 Every time somebody come across that border into a state, they owe $1,000 in the state of Florida. And we got $3 million of them. That's $3 billion they owe. Plus back pay, as Marco was saying, that he was going to collect for the United States. So that's the last thing, final thing i got to tell you guys about this, is we have got to call Washington, D.C. Everybody write this down. 202-224. Three one two one. That's the line that when you can talk to everybody in the house. Just ask anybody you want to ask for and start questioning this. What what are you people doing? Why are you letting these, these citizenship brokers take over your duties? This this doesn't even sound right. If we were all watching a movie of how this happened back from the day of the boat lift and how they slowly flipped the script on the Constitution in order to uh a brainwash Americans of their true identity. They did it with false words. All we got to do, you don't have to shoot nobody. We flip the script right back to the Constitution, and we win just like that. It's that, it's that easy. This is not even a fight. This is all about changing the words back to what it's supposed to be. And anybody don't like it in the House and Senate, well, you know, they can always be called before the, the Judiciary Committee which are run by the Republicans right now. And uh, so I say this should end this Democrat commie. I have to call it that because of Senator McCarthy. This has been a get-out-the-vote plan. We heard it the other day loud and clear. They said with the Spanish people, the Latinos, all of them coming over here, in two years they will have them as citizens to vote in Hillary and to vote out the Republicans in the Senate. This is a plan, and this is why I told them they got to form their naturalized committee and put a, a kibosh on all of it right now. Now, if they can't really stop citizenship, I mean, our immigration, that's the state can do that. But they're not going to be coming no way. Once they find out it's no more federal entitlements, they'll be back across that border so fast. Once they find out that once again they'll have to register with the state, pay the dues and fees, and if they need a handout, it comes from the state in whatever form the state decides to give it to them. They may not give them money. Back in the old days, they didn't get money. They got vouchers for the food and the rent and everything. They're not going to want to go back mm-hmm. to that. And then you've got the issue everybody is crying and screaming about born here, you're a citizen. But that's not true. That's not what the Constitution don't say that. That's how they're running Orange, California. These women come across the border and having a baby by anybody, don't even know who it is. And they're running it. Two-thirds of Orange, California is run by those women on hood and all that stuff. 
Well, here's what the Constitution actually says. It does not say that everybody born in America is a citizen. It's two clauses in Amendment 14. The third clause is very important. It says, no state shall deny to any person, the key is any, any person due process and equal protection that are under their jurisdiction. So if you come to the United States, and you go to the state of Texas or wherever, Ohio, whatever, you're on the jurisdiction of the state of Ohio, you and your baby daddy. If your baby daddy isn't a citizen, then the baby can't be a citizen either because the baby mom and daddy was under jurisdiction of the state, not the United States. This is the caveat. The caveat is, is Amendment 14, the first clause. It clearly says just the opposite. It says all persons born in America under the jurisdiction there are and subject to the jurisdiction are citizens. I'll read it to you. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction there are are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. So if your mama and daddy was under the jurisdiction of the state, they're they, they not subject to the jurisdiction of the United States until they become naturalized. It says so right here. People have been getting confused and they're not reading. You see, the reason they're not reading, they taught people how not to read in these schools. That's the reason even Jaden Smith is bad as he is a bad old boy, Wilson the son, he's got a lot of intelligence. He said that. And Christine, we're, de- and Christine, we're definitely going to, you know, cover that. we got plenty of time. Uh, we're only 45 right. minutes into the show, and you know that uh, we could have, uh, you know, at least another uh, two hours and 15 minutes to go. But uh, we're going to go ahead and bring some uh, folks in. And uh, definitely, when you're talking about the naturalization, we'll see some of that real, real quick, Christine. We'll definitely see some of that stuff play out. Uh, okay, with right. some of the uh, candidates yeah. in the primary, uh, we'll, I'm yeah. sure we'll be talking more about that and probably bringing up, uh, you know, but Obama's background. So, but go. Uh, but Christine Cruz and, and, and Marco can't run. They're certainly they're certainly going to push for it, and and I, I think Rubio yeah, might end up being the uh, establishment's uh, darling. But we'll, we'll see. But let's go ahead and bring in Dan. I'm uh, okay. really anxious to get him in because we haven't had. Uh, Dan in for a while. It's uh, great to have you back, Dan. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you? Oh, thank you very much, Robert. I appreciate it. I missed you guys, too. Um, Just busy, 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 and I can't talk about a lot of it. You guys are probably familiar out there if you've uh, seen me on Twitter or or Facebook, oh, or any of that other social junk that we have to do to to get our message out, that I do a lot of that stuff. But um, depending on the week and depending on what's going on, at least 30 to as much as 70% of what I do is strictly off electronic media. And there's been some really uh, nerve-wracking and uh, exciting stuff lately. And uh, not at liberty to talk about it. I could, but it wouldn't be prudent, as uh, one of our presidents used to say. Listen, uh, Christine, I have some questions for you. Uh, These are practical questions. You've explained the constitutional prerogatives of the president of the Congress of the states regarding immigration, and it makes perfect sense. However, let's talk practicalities. Um, 
we have this potential. There's the three-part question, and I'm going to let you go because, boy, oh, boy, you, you can go, and I want to hear it. Uh, the three-part question is, first of all, uh, we have people in this country who may be entitled illegally to the vote, having never been citizens properly. How do we prevent the uh, Democratic Party or the Republican light rhino party uh, from getting all these illegals who have come here just swamping elections, just suddenly California is offering the vote to anyone who registers for a driver's license, and they're saying, hey, you just got here last week. You came across the border with a coyote. Uh, we don't know who you are. You may be a gangster. Maybe you went to second grade. Maybe you've never been in this country before, but we want you to vote and choose our leaders. How do we prevent that? The second part is there are people who are in this country not only legally, but constitutionally. We are a country of immigrants from all over the world. And I work with some immigrants who are great Americans. They're really fantastic Americans. And um, they know the Constitution. They go to their PTA meetings. They're involved. They, they are even more upset about what's going on in America than people born here because they came here for what it's supposed to be, not what it's turning into. How The second part of the question is, how do we do what past generations did and assimilate those people who are entitled to be here constitutionally to become Americans? And I'm not saying brainwash. I'm saying bring them uh, into the fold of Americanism, which encompasses lots of ideas from around the world, but it's all got to be strictly based on the Constitution, which respects the individual, not a collective, not socialism, as you were talking about. And the third one is this. And this may be the kicker. Uh, I know you said that if the states were able to get uh, the jurisdiction they're supposed to have over immigration uh, and stop giving a lot of benefits, a lot of people would self-deport. But I work in unemployment. The unemployment rate is four times in some areas, at least three times uh, the actual rate that's uh, mentioned uh, on the news. It's a, it's a lie, and I'll say that even though I work there, because I can prove it anytime they want to call me into the front office. I'll prove to them it's a lie by their own numbers, so they don't bother me with that. But we've got all these people uh, getting jobs, as you said. And, and in fact, the vast majority, if not all, of the job growth that's taken place, and they're not even good jobs. They're the jobs. They're minimum wage jobs. They're really not good, but people in America who are here legally or were born here um, and have been citizens, you know, generations uh, they've been here, they can't get any jobs. There's these people, if you're unemployed for a year, you're more likely to be unemployed for five years. So most of the jobs that have been created in Obama's term in the last six years have gone to immigrants, and a lot of them are illegals. Um, how would you make these people want to go home? And would you round them up, or would you simply make it illegal for them to for anyone to give them a job um would you offer them a bus ticket or a plane ticket or i mean it's really hard to tell who's legal and who's not some people who don't have any accents might not be heard properly some people who speak with heavy accents or struggle with english and my own grandmother struggled with english her whole life because uh, she wasn't born here she became a naturalized citizen properly but you can't really tell them apart just by the way somebody looks or you know uh, there's black folks on the street who are, you know, their con families have been here in this country for 400 years, been free in this country longer than my family's been here. 
And then there's black folks who come over from Africa, some of whom have come over legally and constitutionally, and some of whom have snuck in across the border. How do you you can't tell? So what do we what do we do? So there's your three part question. Go at it. The vote, the assimilation, and deportation. Well, let's do number one. Number one, no person who's not a citizen of the United States is allowed to vote, especially in federal election. There's no such thing as you entitled to vote because you're illegal. That's some more communist propaganda and socialist propaganda that Senator McCarthy said they were going to do. No one paid them any attention. I told you this is a part of a Democrat get-out-the-vote plan. They've been running it now for about 35 years. It's been proliferated by Mr. Obama. Now, now, what's supposed to happen here, they're supposed to do just like the Constitution says. The United States Congress is supposed to form naturalizing committees. They are in charge of Homeland Security in every department. Tell the Naturalized Department of Homeland Security to high batch, no more new citizenship. And the ones that we've had, they got to start 10 years going back and examine every one of them. Because believe it or not, on number two, technically nobody after the Cuban voting list is a constitutional citizen. Because the way they did it, they did the way that the Democrats wrote it up under comprehensive they were not registered with the state. They did not pay the state dues and fees to work. They were not sworn in as legal residents of the state, which is supposed to be sent to immigration, and then immigration sends them back that because they got proof from the state that you're there constitutionally. The last thing it says, when you read Chapter 2, Part L, Volume 12, of Ground for Revocation and Naturalizing, you're Citizenship must be attached to the U.S. Constitution. So the people that you're talking about who came in legal, the Arabs and all that people, I'm sorry, but it just ain't true. Now, it doesn't mean that they got to leave the country. All it means is you just got to go register with the state, pay your dues and fees for seven years or whatever, and get a real citizenship. Because once you pay your state dues and fees, you can't be deported no way because you are legally in that state. See, that is why it was so bad, even for the immigrants, it was bad for them to do this, because they already had the power and the right to come here under the Constitution and register with the state. Back in the day, people who had a lot of money, they'd be trying to register with all the states, because it took seven years, and they wanted to be able to go around the country and still maintain their residence in the state so they can become a citizen. Well, of course, the poor people, they just stayed there in one state. You know, so this has been a bad deal for everybody all around, this Democrat get-out-the-vote plan that actually they've been using these people. These people should slap every one of them they see. They really should. And, and what they did, they, they sweetened the pot with money. Well, of course somebody's going to come across the border if you're going to give them a whole lot of money and then they can take over the jobs and take over the country and all. Of course they're going to do that. So, you know, there were some benefits for them in doing it illegally and unconstitutionally, but it is time for that to end. Now, in so far as this other thing that you said about the states and the migrant jobs for foreigners, guess what? Only the states can provide jobs for foreigners. Then when the state does this, then the state is supposed to send 
every work visa they issue, they got to pay a tax to the United States. Then the, the, the people who hire foreign workers, they got to pay a tax. And then the foreign worker is supposed to pay a duty to the United States. So that's three monies that the United States is missing and two monies that uh, the states is missing. So the state ain't got no dues and fees, and they didn't get a work visa. So all this money is being missed. Who's collecting it? The citizenship brokers and the immigration brokers, and they charging like five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to these people. This is one of the biggest, worst rackets that I have ever seen, and that's why I want all of these citizenships that are no good. I want all of them overturned. Well, they're already overturned. They're invalid anyway. They're supposed to be revoked according to Homeland Security, and let them start all over again like everybody else did, like you were mentioning the Europeans and the African Americans when we came here. Of course, we were slaves. We did all the work. And then when the Europeans came, they, a lot of them were slaves, too. Yes, the indentured service, they couldn't go off the grounds either. And they worked hard to build this country. And now the Democrats, under they get out their vote plan, they're inviting people here who never did anything and taking stuff from people that they have no right to take from. They cannot vote, period. When you read the Constitution, it talks about citizens' rights to vote. It don't say nothing about no non-citizens. When you read this Constitution, non-citizens ain't in here nowhere except to tell you that they cannot sue in the states of the United States in federal court. That's all that's in there for them, and that they go through the state for everything they get through process. So I know it might sound harsh, but I'm sorry. If we're going to get America back, we got to get a clean slate and start all over again so this thing will never happen to us. Again, we have got to raid every one of these immigration brokers and, and profiteers and take out all their computers, everything, all their records and all the people in it. If they're on welfare or other entitlements, gone. this is all going to be gone anyway. Every one of them should be arrested. You know, and it's, it's sad that we even have to go through this. America has lost its identity through all of these things that's happening now. People coming across that border talking about, I want to do Islam. I want to do this religion. I want to do the Haitian be talking about some infidel. Everybody want to do something different. But, you know, that's not the way the Constitution says it. It don't say nothing but citizenship. It says, Article 4, Section 2 says, each citizen is entitled to all the privileges in all the several states. It don't say nothing about no government immigrants. Only thing it says is, when you're in the state, you get state due process and even protection. But then the state got a limit. Number 14 also says that they can't make or enforce any laws that take away any privilege or freedom or immunities of the citizens. So you can't do by lien your owner and take their job. You can't do it. And then when you read the, the, the uh, Civil Rights Act, all of them, race, creed, color, national origin, when they tell an American citizen you are not going to be hired because you don't speak whatever foreign language, they're supposed to go to U.S. District Court and file a Form JS-44. Pull it up on your computer, Form JS-44, and you fill that out, and when it comes to the part about what they did, you check other civil rights. And then when it gets down there, when it asks you what, what federal civil Law that they violated, you write down 42 U.S.C. 1983. That automatically means somebody done violate your civil rights, your constitutional rights. They're either a government or a business. And then you can write down they violate your due process, 
because due process do not allow them to use all this stuff against you, and they're violating the Civil Rights Act of, of uh, 1964 and uh, uh, Section uh, uh, 21 of 2008. Public accommodation. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. And I'm trying to get my American students to understand this. They can't keep you off a job. What they can do now is they can still use the language, but they're supposed to have an interpreter in there. They can't turn Americans away, but they've been getting away with it. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired. And that's what I got to say about that. I know how you feel you know, about your friends, the Arabs, and all these people you think that he's here constitutionally, but they're not. No, not one of them. Mm-mm. Let's go it ahead, Christine. Uh, it doesn't mean that they don't have the right to be here. It means that the way they did it isn't right. They were supposed to come here under state power. By now, they would be constitutional citizens. So the Democrats did them a disservice just as well as they did everybody else. Hey, Christine, let's go ahead, and we're gonna we're gonna bring Cindy in. And, uh, okay. you know, get her uh, questions and comments. And then uh, D.C. Kelly and a few other folks. But if you'd like to chime in and uh, ask some questions to our guests or anyone here on the panel, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, there's plenty of time to get in and get on the show. And for those who are new out there, something uh, that we do uh, other than what a lot of shows you hear is once you call in, it's not that you uh, stay on for five, ten minutes, what have you, and then we say, well, thank you for calling to the show. Uh, goodbye. You hang up and listen to the rest of the show. If you'd like, once you call into Bard's Logic Political Talk, uh, you can stay on and be a part of our roundtable discussion and stay on the line as long as you like. And we do like to bring uh, things back around to folks uh, after they've talked so we can try to uh, get people as much equal time as, as possible. Of course, we do give uh, deference to our guests uh, so they can spend as much time uh, talking is they they need to get the uh, their point across get the point out. Uh, so that being said, again, give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. And if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. But at this time, uh, we're going to uh, have Cindy on. Thank you very much, Cindy, for calling to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I am doing great. Oh my gosh! I mean, I I. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up here, but I'm going to have to put this in archives and listen to it again when I got my paper and pen and, you know, can pause it, you know, and write because <laughs> there's no time. Well, here. yeah, and that and is I'm, available, folks, just to let you know that you, you can yeah. uh, listen to the archive and also share the link with folks so they can hear the archive as well. Uh, so they can do what you do. Uh, you said you're going to do they need to pause it and take notes uh, because definitely the information is important to get out. Uh, so go ahead, Cindy. Yeah, and um, I usually do a lot more posting, uh, advertising the show before the show than after, but I think I'm going to even do just as much after as before this time because people really need to get this, and uh, there's so much that people don't know. I'm I'm one of those people who went to a public school, and uh, I, I, they didn't, there was not even hardly a mention of it in our schools here in Florida my whole school career, don't remember anything except um, I think we, we we learned we talked about the first five amendments. Real, real quick, Cindy, I hear something in the background and one of the lines that are open, so that's either from Dan's or from yours, Christine. And so uh, while 
Jason. He's talking. If we can either mute the mic or something like that, so we can kind of limit the background noise. Uh, that is unfortunately one thing about having uh, the multiple lines open. Sometimes that happens. Uh, but if someone knows that there's some background uh, noise or talk or anything going on, if they could just mute the mic or what have you while Cindy's talking, then when they come back on, uh, they can unmute their mic. But go ahead, Cindy. All right. Well, anyway, um, uh, what were you saying, hon? I'm here alone, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> go, go ahead, right. Cindy. Okay. Well, I'm I'm new to constitutional studies. I went to public school not even a mention of it that I can recall except for the first five amendments briefly, not even an in-depth discussion about it. We talked about how laws were made on Capitol Hill. That's it. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to try to get get through this quick because I know that Kelly can't wait to get on here <laughs> um, and, and chat with you. Um, now, um, if Congress establishes a rule of naturalization, can the president veto that law? No, he cannot. The con- uh, everything in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 to 18 is exempt from judicial interference and presidential interference. The problem is Republicans don't know that because they went to the same school like you went to where they <laughs> did, weren't taught that. See, back in the day, in the early 50s, what we're saying, what I'm saying to you tonight, every word, we had to learn it in elementary school. They whoop us. We got whooped. And they, you, you, you miss I remember class. you saying that. I remember you saying that last time. <laughs> we got whooped. And you didn't want to go home because then your parents will whoop you. So the best thing you do, you learn it. And, and it, I mean, it, we hated it. Of course we hated it. We were just kids. And it wasn't yeah. written in big words either. It was little bitty words. That's yeah, we well, I, bet you're glad. So, I bet you're glad you did it now. Well, you know, I went back, you know, when New Gingrich sent us all back, you know, I was the only one who listened. But, you know, Cindy, you can get a copy of what I took to Capitol Hill. Part two, especially, you would love it. What I've done here, I've taken each clause on a... Well, that was one of my questions. Tell me tell me where I can go to get all of this stuff. I was wondering whether you have a website or... Huh? Well, I know I'm, I'm, grass, I'm, I'm grassroots. I am truly grassroots. I spend all of my little money, my extra money on this because I want to be able to save my nation, to be a part of saving my nation from what has happened. Because there's nothing wrong with America except the Democrat commie movement that Senator McCarthy was talking about flipped the script on the Constitution and taught just the opposite. I'm trying to show Americans where just flip the script right back on them and do it the way it's supposed to be done and we're saved. It's just just like that. It's only words that's going to save us. This is not a gun war. This is not a gun war. This is a word war, and we got the Republicans in the House and Senate. So I'm working hard as I can. They're they're being very nice to me when I call and when I go there. You should see this. You would just love number two. Everything is completely delineated in huge uh, letters with a small explanation, and most of it is self-explanatory, the same thing that we learned in elementary school. So if you need a copy of that, all you got to do is email me, you know, put your phone number in there and stuff, and I'll call you back 
because I have to go to the copy center and copy it and get it bound. Uh, it usually runs me around twelve ninety five to to get it all done. And so you don't have it. You don't have it downloaded on a website or anything where we can just go. Oh, I I don't have it. I I am poor. I don't even have a computer. I'm just a poor person. I'm like the patriarch that first came here to build this country with axes and sticks and spoons digging ditches with. That's what I am. I'm I'm a modern day patriot. I don't have any money. The people. Okay, so. So can can I then? Will you give me permission to pass it around once you give it to me? Once I don't care what you do with it. Once you once you get your copy, you can do what you want to do. You can make two hundred copies if you want to. All I'm trying to do is get the word out. And people like okay. you, that's what we need. People like you, you know, uh, to yeah. to get this out. It's already in the Constitution, but to see, it's like a a a Da Vinci Code. You can't just look at the Constitution and see it. You got to do this thing that we did in public school fifty years ago, whenever, and you got to do the new Gingrich thing. You got to sit there for nine years and study it. Once you sit there that long, you start it all. And what's the girl? It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> then it'll all <laughs> come back to you, and it'll hit your. It'll hit you like a ton of bricks. You say, "Oh my goodness, they've been getting away with this stuff." Wow. So yeah, I would. I would. You know. Would love to to donate you a copy with what little money I got. I don't have that much, but if you send me your address and uh, uh, your phone number and everything, then I can get you a copy uh, of of uh, part two. I don't want you to read part one because it's all legal documents of the years that I went <laughs> into U.S. This. Yeah, I, I've been in the federal court about twenty times. I never lose. No attorney wants to go to any U.S. district court with me because they're not going to win. <laughs> the only thing they're going to get. Is immunity. See, when the court gives immunity, it means the client is guilty. When I go in the U.S. District Court, the first thing I want is to get a letter back the next day saying immunity. Then I know I can get on these phones and go to talking about it. If the court sends me back plaintiff failed to state a claim, then that means they're not guilty. Barack Obama, Congress, the city of Lansing, state of Florida, all of them got immunity. That means what they're doing is not right, and it's up to the citizens to uh, recognize this. And we got to start a national movement to get our country back just with words. And I will. Well, I think I think the national I think the national movement needs to be to get our our own legislatures uh, educated because obviously you gotta it, do, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing right now. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, now. Um, uh, with the appointment of in the confirmation of Loretta Lynch, is there any Don't possible way? Is there any Don't possible way to prosecute him now? Won't she refuse to recognize any ruling against him? Well, isn't she just the con- continuation? She doesn't mean a thing. She's not going to want to go to no U.S. District Court with me. All she's going to get is immunity. It doesn't mean a thing. She has no power over anything in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 118. It tells you that in Article 1, Section 1, it says Congress shall have all legislative power in this country. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 to 18 says Congress shall have the power. When it says Congress shall have the power, nobody can say anything. If they do, you're supposed to do like Senator McCarthy. You send a U.S. Marshal to get them. 
Don't care who it is. That's a violation of Amendment uh, 14, Section 3, that says if you take a vow and an oath and then you commit insurrection or rebellion, it's supposed to be called up for impeachment. So anybody who opened their mouth in Article 1, Section 8, I want them picked up by the U.S. Marshal. And as far as Mr. Obama goes, I want him court-martialed for violating Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11, Clause 15, 14, and 16, and Clause 2, uh, Section 2. As the commander-in-chief of the military and the militia, he has absolutely no business or an attack on this country. I don't care if it's an economic attack. Whatever kind of invasion it is, he can't do it. That's why he's supposed to be court-martialed. Okay. Now, you were saying a little while ago that somebody could not, somebody, there was somebody who could not run for president. I don't know if it was. Oh, him. Cruz who? Cruz and, and Marco. Ted Cruz oh. and, and Marco. It says uh, this article, <clears throat> I think it's Article 1, Section 2 here. Let me look at here right quick here. Oh, Article 2, uh, Section 1, I believe it's called FAST. No person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States shall be eligible for the office of president. Now, Ted Cruz was born in Canada. He ain't natural-born citizen. Marco Rubio, his parents were under the jurisdiction of the state of Florida, not the United States. And it tells you clearly, if you, when you are under the jurisdiction of the state, your child that you have is also under state jurisdiction, so therefore it's not a citizen. It says it clearly, all persons born are naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction of the United States are citizens. So if your mama and daddy ain't subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, the only other states, then they can't make you a citizen. See, this is how they've been making these big mistakes all these years because they stopped the people from reading all this stuff. Don't you know back in the day, ain't nobody coming across that border? The citizens could arrest you. You had to yeah. have your migration papers on you. This is all the private Democrats get out the vote plan, the same thing. You people need to Google Senator McCarthy and see how he fought this coming. Oh, he used to tell Edward R. Murrow to kindly stop doing Democrat, uh, I mean, communist propaganda for the Democrat Party. They used to get in fights all the time. Edward R. Murrow. Well, that's, a, why they, that's why they need a good get-out-the-vote plan, because the legitimate American citizens are so fed up with Democrats they're going to have a hard time finding citizen voters that aren't on government checks. You got the head, you hit the head, the nail on the head. See, when Reagan came in, all the Democrats ran to Reagan. And see, the black people was already mad because of Kennedy's death. So their their voting power was getting real weak. So they started bringing these people over here in the late, well, to 62, you know, uh, what's your name, the boat lift. And uh, then after that, they sent the Mexicans into America. They tried the oldest trick in the book. Nobody has the military power to overtake the United States. So they used the oldest trick in the book, divide and conquer. But this time they had a, a spice to it, drugs. America had never heard of no drugs. Oh, you might hear of a singer had a reef of you, and that's Drugs? And when they first started in 68, I told the black people, I said, y'all crazy, but that's a trick. Said, Don't do this. And you know what happened? That then when I seen the Pillsbury Doughboy rapping, oh, my God, we're all going to hell. 
then the white people was on it. What they did, they waged a drug war in America for 25 years, and that's when they sneaked all these people over here. And there's videotape right now online. You can Google David Lynch, they come to America. You can Google CNN uh, uh, immigrants, how they came across that border. They've been showing this video for years. The reason that they kept coming was because the Democrats got the federal judge that they put in office to write up all these fake laws to stop the state police and the locals and the border patrol from saying anything to them. And now Obama training them up in here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, would you explain, would you please explain the immigration brokers with a little more detail? Who are these brokers? You see them every day, you just don't realize it. When you see an attorney or an office say they do immigration and citizenship and naturalizing, they're brokers. People come in there and you want to get get these papers, it costs thousands of dollars to get do that. Then you get in touch with people who can get ID and all that stuff. That's how they blend in through the brokers, immigration brokers, citizenship and naturalization brokers. Every time you see it, and open your phone book. If it say immigration and citizenship, they're brokers. They're brokers, and they're supposed to be rated because naturalizing is under Article One, Section 8, Clause 4. It says Congress shall have the power to establish uniform rules of naturalizing. It don't say private sector brokers. So they have taken a congressional, constitutional Congressional duty and power, and most of the people who run it are are not even citizens. We got non-citizens running citizenship and immigration. That's why we can't win. We got to shut them all down. I want everyone I'm rated. I done told everybody from Senator Sessions to Graham, Trey Gowdy, Goodlock, the judiciary. I need these people rated. I need them to stop doing this to American citizens. It's the end of that story. That's what a broker is. Open your phone book and look. If you see immigration, they ain't supposed to be doing No, you're supposed to have state immigration offices where they go. You're supposed to have naturalizing offices where they go, ran by the feds. That's what you're supposed to have. That's what we had back in the day. In fact, when you get your 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 uh, your copy of the uh, uh, part two, you're going to see uh, Welcome to Colonial Williamsburg. I found a book from those days. It explains to you that, I'll read it to you, from the state house on the banks of the James River, officials and lawmakers governed the colonists and promoted the spread of settlement. It's always been done from the state. It's just the Democrats, they flipped the script in order to make these people think that they need the Democrats to come here in their get-out-the-vote plan, and they've been getting away with it now for about 30 years, the same way as they got away with generational welfare and drugs for about 30 years. But it is time for that to end. And like I've told you people, this is the fallout of the atomic drug war on the United States. I'm sure you remember Noriega and Escobar and all of them, and uh, they were on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. What the heck is a drug dealer? I was one in those days, and I had to watch the black community go down. Before that, they made us go to school. After they brought them drugs in, you know the story? 
you know the story. And then if you Google Black Inventors of America, you're going to see where just about everything was written and invented by black people, including stuff like prednisone and steroids. That was Dr. Percy Levine Jr., a scientist. The cars and all that stuff. That was Elijah McCoy and Granville T. Woods, the black Edison. And here they is, they started using some darn drugs. I was so mad, I had to watch that for almost 30 years. Then when Republicans came in, that was the way I got a handle on the generational drug welfare fraud and drug war mess. And you haven't heard a word from the drug cartels since. Every now and then you hear of a raid. So now what we got to do, we got to get a handle on the non-citizen welfare fraud. The non-citizen filling our jobs with bilingual. You can't do that. That's a violation of every constitutional clause I know and also every civil rights clause. It says each American citizen is entitled to all the privileges and immunities of all the several states. It don't say nothing about no non-citizen talking, no, no bilingual. It don't say nothing like that. This is all stuff that the Democrats perpetrated in order to get these people over here to vote them into office. And I don't know about you, but I'm frankly, I'm extremely tired of it. So I hope that people will call Congress. You know, once you get this, this uh, your, your copy here, I need you to to uh, to go ahead and make copies as many as you want and pass it out and tell people to start reading. This is the savior of our life, and I did not invent this. I said I got the book here right now in my hand. I took what's in the book and sat down, went to the library, because I don't even have a computer, and I took my time and I typed every one of them and says 28 fonts. When you read this two or three times, you're going to be so mad when you see how they've taken your rights. You are going, I delivered. That's why they call me, I'm a, 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 a passionate conservative. And what they mean by that, I will just tell you. Now, you may not like the way I say it because you don't understand how I feel because I have, I think this is a godsend thing for me because I didn't have any money to make that trip in April. And I got on my knees, and I asked God, I said, what am I going to do? I got the work ready. I ain't got no money. The very next day, some strange credit card company sent me a card with $500 in it, and I was able to go out and get and get a $200 discount on transportation and pay for my uh, uh, lodging. And then my two other partners, they gave me some money to make sure I didn't get caught on the streets of D.C. with no money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> Cindy, let's go. Like uh, Cindy, okay, we got, um, <laughs> Kelly's going to come on, ladies. Kelly's going to be coming oh, on in a little bit, but first but first, I want to go ahead and Kelly's going to be coming on in a little bit, uh, and, but first I want to go ahead and bring Dan back in. Um, okay. uh, doing some Robert, chatting here. Robert, do you, in, have, our chat. do, you have her, do you have her email, Robert? That you can give me later. Uh, I believe I, I believe I do. I believe I have I, I have her email. I'll get well, it. My phone number. He's the one. Email the phone number so I can get yeah, your I'll address. Her, now yeah, I'll, I'll send you her phone number. Okay. Yeah. I'll send her your phone number. number. Got All it. right. Okay. Go ahead, Dan. Well, wow, uh, Christine, you are a force of nature. Listen, mm-hmm. we all get that it is illegal what they're doing. And we get that. No, uh, it's not. It's not. It's un- if it's unconstitutional, but yes, you're, correct. It's you're correct. Hold on, hold on, Ke- hold on. 
Okay. Yeah. Correct. Hold on. Let, let, Dan, let Dan talk, Christine. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, yeah, legality okay. does not necessarily mean that things are correct or moral or certainly not constitutional just because they make a law. Oh, okay. You're absolutely they're right about that. What I'm wondering is this. Um, in my opinion, the only way that we're actually going to be able to solve our problems is not with some sort of uh, legal maneuvering, not any sort of direction from above, but by motivating the people. And the only way you can motivate anyone for any long period of time is if they really care about what they're doing, they have to be educated. So how would you uh, educate the people in what's going on here? And, and remembering that they have very little education. And I don't mean they haven't been to school. I don't mean they can't read or write or they don't know arithmetic, although with Common Core, that's certainly in doubt. But they weren't taught the Constitution. They've been brainwashed with a lot of falsehoods. How do we bring them back? What simple messages would you give them that would make them want to, to learn more and that would motivate them to get out there and be active and, and contact their representatives and rally and peacefully protest and, and do, you know, sign the petitions and actually get decent people elected? You know, how are we going to do that? What's your opinion? Well, well, you know, I really don't like to do opinions. I'll tell you one thing. The first thing they got to do, they got to learn what they're fighting about in the first place. They don't even realize that they don't even know who they are. Then you first got to find out who you are because for the past 40 years, America has been brainwashed. They have absolutely no idea that just everything that they're going through you they can't you can't do that to them. What you were saying about legality, let me tell you about that. LSD Pearsall. N.R.V. Sawyer, U.S.V. Will, Coin v. Virginia, any law that's written and it does not follow Article 6, Clause 2, the supremacy law, is no void, non-jurisdictional, trespassing, and treason. So all of these laws are actually void. It's like a mirage. All Congress got to do is just don't do it. It's not even a law. It's all void. Well, I'm so glad I went to school when Newt Gingrich said go to school. I'm so glad I learned all that. I learned it in law school. All this stuff we're doing is all void. Void. Never should. Just, just act like it ain't happening. Just go right back to the Constitution like you're supposed to. That's the way you do it. And one way you can do it is like Cindy is going to do it. I'm going. She's going to send me her address, and I'm going to get her a copy of Part Q of the Newt Gingrich 20-year study. In that, it's about 54 pages. It's got uh, the clause in the Constitution written in size 28 font that tells you your rights. Now, you really want to learn, turn the blasted TV off and sit down and start reading it. And you don't read it one time. I've been reading this now since 1996 when Luke Gingrich sent us back to school, which I'm the only one who went. So you have to read it repeatedly, and I still find new stuff. I just now remembered about the military laws, the Constitution military clauses. That's Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 to 17. <laughs> you, you know, it'll all come back to you when you read it, even though, even though you've never seen it. Like one minister I worked with, he said he knew it was something was missing, but he couldn't put his finger on it. When he read all this stuff, he said, Oh, I knew it. I knew it wasn't supposed to be doing this stuff. You know, so it's like that. It'll kick in once you keep reading it and you look at everything the government is doing, like the federal courts. They can't say not one word 
about non-citizens in states. That's Amendment 14. You can't hear a case in federal court filed against a state on behalf of a non-citizen. They're supposed to be remanded to state court. If you exhaust all your, your appeals in state court, you're done. You find another state to go to and you go home. That's just the way it is. But they don't do that anymore. They stopped doing that about 40 years ago. Do you think during Senator McCarthy time somebody would be running across that border like, are you kidding? Heck no. So that's what it's about. It's about what we're doing now is void. You're not in the Constitution. Can I ask you just one question, Ms. Timmons? Sure. Um, it's, it's not really an opinion, but it's a legal opinion. Um, now, Obviously, the chances of any regular folk, uh, you know, any person like yourself or myself being elected president of the United States are probably slimmer than that of uh, winning the lottery while getting bitten by a shark and struck by lightning. But um, (laughs) my parents were both born in this country to naturalized parents who came over as immigrants. But my parents were born here as citizens, and they were in another country when I was born. So I was born in another country, but... Both my parents were Americans, and this other country considered me a citizen. I repudiated that as soon as I could, as soon as I hit 18. But I have a consular report of the birth of an American citizen abroad. Does that, in your opinion, qualify me, at least on that term, I wouldn't say anything else, to uh, run for president of the United States? Were your parents subject to the jurisdiction of the United States? Were they naturalized? My parents were born in the United States to naturalize oh, parents. Oh, 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 If your parents were born in the United States to naturalize parents, uh, under Amendment 14, it says all persons person born are naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction are citizens of the United States. If your parents were subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, then you are a citizen of the United States. I don't care if you were born in, in Timbuktu. Unlike Ted Cruz, his father was a Cuban subject to the jurisdiction of the state. His mother was a citizen, but he was born in Canada. So he has a little rougher time trying to prove that he is eligible for presidency. But Marco Rubio, he's absolutely not entitled at all. Not so, so all i got to do now is, uh, is hit the Powerball, I guess. Well, well you know. <laughs> You know, like I said, like I, I can only read to you what it says. I don't. No, make I up appreciate stuff. that. Listen, I, I, I don't make up anything. I just. Miss Timmons, you you have said, and you're a very honest woman. You have said that some people might have a hard time taking what you said, and you certainly do. Just like roll all that information out on people, but I have no problem with it whatsoever, and uh, I have a great deal of respect for your knowledge of the Constitution, which is a great segue, Robert for bringing in our constitutional scholar, because I am fascinated when I can hear, we've had some other guests on the program who are also really students of the Constitution. I just love to hear people who really, really know the heart and soul of that document discussing the finer points. Oh, good. And then that is a definitely a good segue for that. So let's go ahead and welcome Kelly. Kelly, thank you for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, sorry, I couldn't uh, but, join you guys. I've been listening, actually. And hey, Christina, I always real, enjoy. But Kelly, and I, and I hate to uh, cut you off real quick, but I do have to make program notes since it is the bottom of the second hour for those uh, who are out there listening and would like to chime in. 
uh, something you need to know about the show, if you're new, is that at the top of the second hour, after the second hour, uh, if you do not call in at 347-945-7428, then you will lose the audio. However, the show will be continuing in what we call the extended period or sometimes lovingly Bard's Logic After Dark. So if you'd like to listen to the extended period of the show, give us a call at 347-945-7428, because if you do not, you will not only not be able to chime in uh, to the show after a half an hour from now, you will not be able to listen to the extended period as well. However, if you cannot make it, though, we understand, but the rest of the show will be available in the archive that will be available to listen and, of course, to share the link shortly after the end of the program tonight. Uh, so definitely, if you'd like to be a part of the extended period or at least listen in, give us a call at that 347-945-7428, and you'll have to do it probably within the next 25 minutes to do so. So thank you very much, Kelly, for letting me get that programming note in, and go ahead. Yeah. Al. Um... Yeah, me, uh, Kelly here. Or? Yeah, you, Kelly. Okay, me. Oh no, I'm on. I'm all nervous. Oh gosh. Well, yeah, I'm really. I was listening to the show, and um, a friend asked me to help her daughter build to scale a little um, project. <laughs> oh, just okay. Anyway, but I've been listening while we were working on this thing, and I got pulled away. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Christina, I love I love your research, and I wanted to go into a little bit of the history of, of the Constitution, which, of course, um, there was an awful lot of pain from King George, and um, the founders said, hey, hey, we can't do this. You know, we can't, we can't uh, allow a king again. And uh, they finally came up with uh, the idea of president, and George... They didn't put term limits in. That's that wasn't until FDR, which was I think number twenty-seven. Um, uh, two terms. That's it. You're done. But uh, Washington set a wonderful precedent by essentially after two terms he was done. The King of England was like, "What? You're the King of America and you quit?" Well, yeah. And every president until Roosevelt was a two terms. So, but to understanding the tease and the tyranny of a king. I can understand why the founding fathers would would put um, the declaration of war necessity in the hands of Congress, because then the American people could call their congressman, yes, let's go to war, but let's not, instead of a king wanting to plunder for more money and power and whatever king would want. So there's another, obviously, uh, check and balance here when the Congress is in charge of the military, although the president is, you know, the commander-in-chief, yes, but... Congress is in charge of the military, that's another check and balance. So we could see um, the, the fundamental thinking behind what Christine has communicated. And so when you go into the idea of a court-martial, because the Congress um, is in charge, well then it appears that, and this is theoretical, I want to go to the practical, Theoretically, um, yes, Congress would say, look, this is insurrection at the highest level. Uh, military, here's our order from Congress. Now military, go arrest the guy and put him through a military trial. And if so, uh, discovered that he has committed treason, you know, uh, put, uh, put him in Fort Worth, you know, put him in a stockade. 
so there's it's a check and balance. So the question I have for uh, Christine would be, how do you practically see this being played out in enough votes? Because it doesn't say two-thirds. Impeachment is majority by the House, two-thirds by the Senate. How would you see this play out? Is it only majority vote in both the House and the Senate, and then it's over? Well, that they are two processes. Uh, to impeach the president, if everything you're saying is correct, two-thirds votes for both houses and all that stuff, that's why I don't feel like being bothered with it. It's too cumbersome. I prefer the court-martial. Like I've explained to them, it's around 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with the militia, according to Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, he is in violation of constitutional military law. Is Congress in charge of the militia? Let me read this to you. Let me read it. Everything in 11, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 to to 17 is constitutional military law. It says, 11, Congress has the power to declare war, write letters of marquee and reprisal, and make rules concerning captains on land and water. Congress shall have the power to raise and support armies for at least two years. Congress has the power to provide and maintain a Navy. Congress has the power to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces. Congress shall have the power to provide for calling for the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions. Congress shall have the power to provide for organizing arming and disciplining the militia and for governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the states respectively the appointment of the officers and the authority of training the militia according to the discipline prescribed by Congress. So, yes, Congress runs the militia too. And when we read number 17, it says Congress will have the power to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such districts, not exceeding 10 miles square, as may be by session of particular states and by excessive Congress become the seat of government of the United States to exercise the authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, Dockyards and other needful buildings. That every one of those, that's your constitutional military laws. And it's topped off by the final number 18. It says Congress to have the power to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution foregoing powers and all other powers vested by this Constitution and the government of the United States in any department or office thereof. Obama ain't nothing but a figurehead. Presidents don't really have all this power you see him doing. No, he's supposed to be, I don't feel like being bothered with people. I was just court-martially guy. Do you know what he's been doing? He's been sending for, for non-citizens to take over America, putting them on social security. You can't do that. That's a treason. 
Article 3, Section 3. And what he's doing, he's giving aid and comfort to enemies of this country. He just tried to send for 4 million of them in some economic war against the United States to take their social security and their job. That man's supposed to be in the brig right now. And so I told him to turn 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue into a brig. Cut all the doggone lights off and say, all power shut off for 72 hours. Knowing Mr. Obama, when the power come back home, he gonna probably say, "Who y'all think y'all? I'm the president. You got cut it back off, cut it off another seventy-two hours. When he come back home, he might have something to say. What did I do? Okay, you violated Article One, Section Twelve. You violated Article One, Section Nine. You violated. You violated and violated, especially Article Two, Section Two. It says each president is the commander in chief of the military and the militia. And they govern all officers, but the government of them, they can't tell them also to do nothing that's got to do with a war or even throwing a hostile spitball in a war unless they got a letter of reprisal from Congress. That's what he's supposed to have for these drones that he's using this war. He ain't got no letter of privacy posing in the brig. Hillary Clinton, all the stuff she thinks she's going to do in Benghazi, she can't do it. The only thing she can do is have lunch and dinner with them or whatever else she want to do. But she can't make any war moves or any military plans. If she does, I'd like for them to sit with me and I'll tell her she can't do it. Because, see, most of them don't know that because they went to the doggone socialized, Democrat, commie schools, that didn't teach him this like Cindy was saying. That y'all should, you people should be mad. The, the U.S. Department is supposed to be closed down. That's how they got away with it. They started the U.S. Department of Education, took all that stuff out of school, replaced it with stupid stuff like sex education, common core, a bunch of dumb stuff. In the meantime, they steady marching people across that border to, to, to take America completely. But I don't told the Congress. This is the last year that America needs to put up with this. I need it. This is the last year. It's time for America to wake up and get your identity back. It's almost like being at a movie. I feel like I'm in a movie, and I'm watching this country, this land, have their identity just completely wiped out. And as, it, as, it, as it's getting wiped out, foreigners coming in and taking over. That's what I see. You're right. You, You're right. It's like it. watching a bad movie. Yes, it is. But you know what? Like I told you guys, we can flip the script. See, that's what they did. They flipped the constitutional script and wrote just the opposite, put it in the school. The stuff that they were supposed to put in there to save America, you don't even know it's there. Like I told you, I'm sending sending a copy of this. I'm sending her a copy. And I mean, I need her to, to send it out to everywhere she thinks she can send. Tell people to read the darn thing. I had to read it in, in elementary school. Then New Gingles had me sit up there for 20 years. <laughs> I've been reading for New Gingles for 20 years now. If he hadn't said that, I may not have done it. When he said it's time for Americans to uh, bring immigration back to the Constitution level, we got to study. I, I don't know. I just listened to him. And so now that's why everyone says, you know, she's, she's a passionate conservative because I got all of this. Stored inside me, and I heard the young man say something about a higher being and all that. I believe God, though. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I don't think God like this stuff. Because if you read the Bible, you know that God say, "Be kind to the foreign, but when they become too many and start overrunning the people and making fun of the people, it's time for them to go." 
and he asked several of the kids. He told them, you got to send your foreign wives and their kids back where they came from. They speak in some foreign language here, and I don't want it. That's what the Tower of Babel was all about. And there's plenty more in the Bible that explains just what I'm saying. Now, some people don't believe in God and all that. I have to believe in somebody because I'm the only one. I got this whole burden on my shoulders, and it's not very many people can help me. I got two people here, a libertarian and a former Democrat, now a avowed Republican. They're, that's the only help I got. They keep my hey, Christine, I got, up. I, I, got a, I got a question for you. I'm, gl- I'm glad you're gaining support. This is quite early in your movement. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting the sense you don't like Obama. Is, is that is that oh, true? That's, <laughs> that's my, I'm so mad with him. I call Elsie Hastings and all the top Democrats in the House and Senate. I told them, I said, you tell Obama he is not dealing with the Republicans. They don't know no better. He's dealing with Christine Timmons. I told him, to tell them, do not do any executive orders on November 20th. And somebody, well, I were, I were, he did it anyway, didn't he? He did it yeah. anyway. Well, yeah, well, well, well let, let, let me tell this out. Hold on, Christine. Hold on, Christine. Go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, boy, you wind her up, just watch her go. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, I, I just want to kind of take this to a practical sense. So, a letter of reprisal and then uh, the militia, which is really the National Guard, but that's another story. A little mm. clarification to the Dick Act, but 1906. All right. So, anyway, so then. They call it the National Guard, and then they surround the White House, and then they put them on trial, military tribunal, and see what happens. Now, on the practical side of this, what we would have here is a letter of reprisal would require majority vote in the House and Senate. Are the votes no, there because... No, 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 hold it, hold it. A letter of reprisal, what that does, that gives the leader the right to make hostile action against the invaders or whoever else is messing with this country. If they get a letter of marquee, that means that they're on the water. And when they get that letter of marquee, if we're being attacked on the sea, that's for them. That has nothing to do with a two-thirds vote. Two-thirds is impeachment. Right, right, right. So we're talking, okay, we're talking majority vote. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because of what happened recently. I'm wondering if the votes are there in the sense of, you know, if, if people like you and I and, and Robert and, and, and Dan Gray and Cindy and all the Congress and all the Senate reflected us, we would have had this done quite a while ago, and there would be a tribunal going on the military trial. So are the Republicans and Democrats there? Because in, in a town hall meeting, for my congressman, uh, Doug LaMalfa, he said, well, yeah, we kind of looked at impeachment, but we're so scared that we won't get reelected because they'll say it, it's race and race racist stuff, and we won't get reelected. And so they're giving these excuses. Um, but I, I want to continue. You you got to understand. He doesn't understand everything in Article One, Section Eight belongs to the Republicans right now. Nobody can say a word. You don't need no two thirds vote. They can't even say nothing. The courts can't say nothing. Nobody. Nobody can say anything to them now. That's, that's Article 1, Section 1. It gives all legislative power to them now, their Congress. A sex, uh, Amendment 14, yep. Section 3, stops all that. You can't do it. Here's what Senator McCarthy did. Maybe you need to get a copy of this, too. Here's what Senator McCarthy did. Senator McCarthy 
called out Justice Warren and all of his friends all over the Supreme Court for trying to do just what you're saying now. They tried to mess around in Article One, Section Eight, and most of Article One, Section One. You can't. You can do it because they don't know any better. But if they get sent for Christine Timmons and give, let me sit up there and find out. You can't say nothing to them. This is a constitutional military law. It don't have nothing to do with impeachment. It don't have nothing to do with two-thirds of Congress. It just want to do with the Republicans are in the lead. They got all the power. It does not take two-thirds. No. It's nothing to do with but, but, but Christine, and they, and they, they wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got Go ahead, Jelly. Hold on, Christine. Let Jelly get in here. Wait a minute. It don't matter. Oh. If you want to play house, you're still supposed to do it. This ain't got nothing to do with two-thirds. No. This so everything they supposed to do that anyway. They just ain't been doing it. They it's because they haven't done this in forty years. The last one of these trials was held in nineteen eighty. Coin B Virginia was the last time a trial was held. But if it's in Article One, Section Eight, nobody can say you can say something but you're supposed to be called out by the US Marshal. Uh, you've got the, you've got the okay, okay uh, Christine, let him uh, let him get in there. But real quick, Kelly, uh, I do see that there's only about ten minutes left for folks to get in. I do see some folks on the line. Okay. If you'd like to chime in, just push the one, just push the one on your number dial if uh, you'd like to get in. Uh, but if you're still out there and you haven't called in, unfortunately the audio is going to cut out on you in about ten minutes. Uh, so give us a call at three four seven nine four five. Seven four two eight uh, to be able to listen to the extended period and also to chime in. And if you are are, are already, boy, so that ten times fast on the line, and you like to uh, chime in and have any questions or comments uh, with our guest uh, Christine Timmons, then uh, give us a uh, call and then push the one on the number dial. Uh, and if you are in there, just go ahead and that will let me know uh, that you'd like to get in, and uh, we'll get your name and get you on the show. Uh, so folks must uh, do that in about 10 minutes or else your audio will cut out. So let's go ahead, uh, Kelly. Let's bring it uh, bring it back to you, and let's, let's give Kelly the opportunity to uh, respond. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, yeah, I, I just want to discuss the practicality of it. Um, before I do, I want to tell you a little bit of history that I've heard, kind of insider history in um, around 1972, 1974. Nixon was, of course, spying on people. That was proven from Watergate and Deep Throat. Um, who was helping Woodward and Bernstein, um, they they were getting all sorts of tips what was really going on. It was it was spying all over the place, not just Watergate. And then when Nixon took us off the gold standard, well, the, the generals at the time, this is what I heard, I know it's hearsay, but I wouldn't be surprised because of the constitutional thinking and pretty much the whole populace in, in, in the 70, early 70s. But what happened was, according to some, again, I have to clarify this or, or put a little asterisk here, because this, this relates to, to modern day. Um, five generals met, and they were thinking about doing a coup d'etat. And two of the generals voted yes. They needed one more. They didn't get it, so they didn't do it. However, if our military, which they're, they're just furious with Obama right now, if our military wants to do something like this, 
I could see um, them going out on their own. I've actually heard of a movement this a couple of years ago, and then a year later, um, of, of coup d'etat being considered. But if that type of rebellion, if you will, happens without congressional approval, then it's rebellion. If the military wants to do this and they approach Congress for a letter of reprisal, then they would have the constitutional authority, it appears, to do um, that, to protect the Constitution, as they've all sworn an oath to. So that is a practical scenario that could force the congressman to stop worrying about being popular. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's what I'm saying here is that when there is civil unrest, either within the government itself, I mean, how many nations suffer coup d'etat? I mean, look at Spartacus. Um, he was, uh, not Spartacus, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the Roman emperor who, not Spartacus, the author of uh, uh, Constantinople, is that right? Constantine. Constantine did a military coup d'etat in Rome. Then he merged the Catholic Church with pagan things, and Christianity wasn't, wasn't, uh, it wasn't martyrs anymore. People were okay then with the Christian, but, you know, history of the world is still a coup d'etat. So, instead of going a, a rebellion route, but the military is getting nervous, the military could approach Congress and say, issue a letter of reprisal, and we'll take care of business here, authorize this in the Constitution, and that might get the congressmen off of their popularity wagon and, and do something, because it could get ugly. I mean, look at Baltimore. I mean, there's a lot of unrest in this country right now. So I, I'm, I'm kind of putting things together, and I, I have a little confession here. I didn't know about this. Well, Christine told me about it a day or two ago, but I didn't know about this. Um, but it makes sense that the founders set something up as a check and balance against a king or a president that wants to be king. So, you know, I, I want to share with you later on some tips, um, Christine, that can kind of help help get the word out a little better from what you've discovered. Well, you know, Kelly, uh, Congress, what you're just saying is a hard way. Congress can already do it. If uh, Article 1 and Section 8 call 15, see what Obama's But they're not. Going, That's what I'm saying. They're not, and they're not going to. Uh, uh, we don't know that. We don't know that. Get, get well, I doubt it. I mean, can well, Republicans confirm Loretta Lynch? Let's just say there is violation of the Constitution. They own themselves then because they say they're supposed to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the union, suppress information, and repel invasions. They're supposed to have the militia in every one of the states where all this mess is happening. And when you go on to number 16, it says to provide for organizing, arming, and disciplining militia and for governing such parts of them as may be employed in the service of the United States. They suppose that the militia and the state police, and you talk about being popular. If Republicans do that, shoot, everybody will vote for them because people are sick and tired of these people running across that border and getting all of our intelligence is not supposed to be doing it. Now, you, if they really want to get popular, because what's going to happen from what I'm hearing on the street, all these people that they're bringing in, they're going to sit and shift them by 26 to vote for the Republicans out of the Senate and put Hillary in there. Now, they can definitely do that. But 
if the Republicans still had the House and Senate, it won't matter about Hillary because she had to report to them for anything she'd do. This is what y'all got to learn. Now, I understand what you're saying. This is what most people are saying about they're not going to do it. You've got to understand why you say that. You say that because you are just learning your own self and you don't know how to get in there and get on those phones, get up and walking down the halls of D.C. and tell them, what is wrong with you people? Can't you read Article 1? <laughs> that's, that's what I'd be doing. You should have seen me on my last trip. Man, I was dressed up sharp as I don't know what. I had all some bad boots and I mean, I walked into those offices, and I said, I am Darth Vaderus. The Republican Empire is fighting back. We had a lot of fun. You've got, you got to make fun with this stuff. you got to teach them. They don't know this. They went to the same school you did. They don't know this. That's why when people say bad things about Republicans, I ask them, well, what you doing to help? If you ain't doing nothing else, you can't say nothing about them. You're a part of the problem. I'm more a part of the problem. I did what Newt Gingrich said. I went out here and I learned all this stuff. If Republicans could feel what I feel now, all this stuff would be done, but they can't do it. Because how you going to feel something you don't know about? That's hey, do you know Richard Fry? Do you know Richard Fry? Who? Who? You know Richard Fry, Christine? No. Uh, what should I try? Yeah, Richard Fry, he's an attorney, but he loves the Constitution. He's the kind of voice that you can help you get this message across. Um, Dr. Do we have him on the show, Kelly? Another one. No, we need do to. We have a, do, Dr. Do, Dr. Do, Dr. Kelly, do we, we have a, Yeah, I think we. I think I'll have to check the list. Uh, of course, you know it's a long list. I'll have to check. I right, think we right. had him on uh, some time ago. Uh, but Kelly, I do want to. I want to do want to go ahead and, and, and move on a little bit. We do have uh, a little programming note, and then I have uh, uh, to do that. So, folks, we only got a couple minutes left before we go into the uh, extended period. And uh, I do see some folks out there, as well as folks out there on chat too. So, if you like to uh, listen to the extended period or even chime in as well. Give us a call at 347-945-7428, uh, because if you do not in the next two minutes, then you will lose your audio. So if you'd like to listen to the period or chime in, give us a call at that number, 347-945-7428. But if you can't, thank you very much for coming to the show tonight. And please uh, go ahead and listen to the archive show. That will be available on podcast soon after the show ends here and probably about the next hour. And definitely uh, with the link, you can uh, share it uh, as well uh, with your friends. Or if you'd like to be on the email list at uh, Bard's Lodge Political Talk, send a message to me through the contact page on the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and send me a message through the contact page there. Uh, so definitely uh, check that out. Now, at this point in time, we do have uh, Susan on the line who would like to chime in. So let's go ahead and uh, get Susan in here. Thank you very much, Susan, for calling to the show. How are you? Your mic is on. Hi. Hi, I'm fine. Well, what I wanted to talk about may not set well, but I feel that the voters are to blame for a lot of this mess with illegal immigration. We keep electing the crooked politicians and lawyers and blaming the illegal aliens for accepting benefits offered them by Congress 
is like blaming a child for getting free candy. That's a quote from Keith Broders. Congress is to blame for providing that candy to these people. And if we want to solve the problem, you stop Congress from giving to some and stealing from others. I believe the Constitution states in the preamble, provide for the common defense and promote the general welfare. There is nothing there about providing benefits to specific groups, is there? Now, if you also want to solve the problem, quite easy. How did Eisenhower solve the illegal border crossings from Mexico? Well, he cut off the illegal traffic quickly, and he only had 1,075 United States Border Patrol agents, less than one-tenth of what we had today. This operation is still highly thought of. And, by the way, it was William Fulbright, a Democrat of Arkansas, that he, he wrote to, and, he, and the senator just proposed a special commission. Yes, he was a Democrat. Be created by Congress to examine on ethical conduct by government officials except to give some favors in exchange for special treatment of private individuals, which would be the many of the illegals. Uh, so what did Eisenhower do? He created... Uh, Operation Wetback, and what they did was they sent them back across the border. They didn't just catch them. They deposited them deep into the territory with boats and buses. I mean, they took them way into this territory, and um, I think we should we should do that, uh, personally. Um, I, we should follow that example. Uh, Yeah, it was a a guy named Swing. He arranged for buses and trains to take aliens deep within Mexico before being set free. If you just take them right across the border, they're just going to turn around and come right back, right? Yes. So there you go. Well, I'd like to thank you, Susan. That's exactly what I said in my 12 words. The first four words are you return immigration power back to the state. That means if you set your foot across that border, you've got to go and register with a state and pay their state dues and fees to work there. The second thing you do, you stop all federal welfare to non-citizens. As soon as you do those two things, that's all it takes. You won't have to court-martial Mr. Obama, which I'd love to do that, but that won't be necessary. Once we go back to the Constitution, Article 1, Section 9, and Article 4, Section 4, Article 4, Section 2, Article 6, Clause 2, Amendment 14, 10, and 11, that sends all non-citizens to the state. Once we send them back to state power, and believe me, Susan, they already know this, they remember the day when they had to be registered with the state. They remember those days. Once we do that and stop all federal entitlements, the border will be a ghost town again. They will be up out of here. It's a little simple. Like I told the 104th Congress 20 years ago when we stopped the welfare and the drug wars, it wasn't the four words that did it. I said, you stop welfare, drug use, you stop the whole thing. Right now, it's eight words. You you return state immigration power, and you stop non-citizen federal welfare, and you're done. Just like that. There you go. Just like now, when I done. was a kid, when I was a kid, we used to have panic ahead, that would work in the, that would work in the fields near us, and um, they were there only 
X amount of time, you know, like say 12 to uh, 12 weeks to uh, maybe four or five months. And then they went back. Then they were registered uh, guest worker, farm worker. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was programs. And I lived in Washington State where we had lots of fruit to pick, lots of fields of mint and everything. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of people who didn't want to do that kind of work. So I didn't have an issue with that. And I don't think most people would as long as they came in in the right and correct way and then went back. Well, you got to understand, Susan, what happened. They ran a drug war against the United States for 25 years. They used the oldest tricks in the book to get their people over here. You need to go back and look at CNN film from back in the 90s and the early 2000s when they showed us these people invading Arizona and Texas and all in those lower states over there. They're doing it all over now. It was because the drug wars had Americans so busy killing each other over the drugs, that's when they sneaked them over here. And then the Democrats, see, the Democrats were behind that from the very beginning. They sent them right to the industrial states first, Michigan, Ohio, New York, Illinois, Pennsylvania. Every state that had an auto manufacturing plant was saturated with the strongest drugs for about three years. Three years later, all the car manufacturers was in Mexico. Akron, Ohio lost. Flint, Michigan, Detroit, Grand Rapids, Altoona, Pennsylvania, all up in New York, all of that shut down. This ain't no accident. This is not an accident. And that's how they took over the industry of America. Of course, some of it's coming back. Akron, Ohio, forced bringing it back. And the new governor of Michigan, he's trying to get them back into Detroit, Flint, and Grand Rapids, the GM stuff and the Ford stuff. Now, that's how they got here. This is the fallout of the atomic drug war against America. They've been here now since some have been here about 25 years, but they're still not lawful. They have been given citizenship, and they never had a passport. So the stuff that they're talking about, these nations, the, the biggest growing nation in America, the Hispanics, that's not true. We already got a nation. Technically, they're still under state jurisdiction. I don't care what they all say, but I'm holding my Constitution book in my hand. They are under state jurisdiction, and I'm holding right now the Homeland Security Citizenship and Immigration Services. It says all of them are unconstitutional as citizens, and they're supposed to have the citizenship revoked. But, see, we don't have a U.S. House and Senate Naturalizing Committee. They shut all that stuff down years ago, and then the United States became immigration. Supposed to open these immigration offices right back up in each state, and all these people who are not a citizen in the United States are supposed to go and register with the state. The state's supposed to send that registration for work to the United States and pay taxes. The people who hire foreign workers are supposed to do it. And then these foreign workers are supposed to pay a duty to the United States for working here. They don't get on Social Security. That means all the Social Security that they have spent belongs to the United States. All this money that each state is missing money. Every time by time somebody walk up into a state and they're a non citizen, they're supposed to register and pay for it. If they don't, then they're supposed to be given a certain length of time to be there to visit and then you're up out of there. That's what's supposed to be happening and you know that's how it used to be. You remember those days. So what what they're doing now, it is not in the constitution. Our Congress that we have now 
It's up to them. You can't blame them for what happened before they got there. This new Congress, they've only been there four months. You cannot blame them. They don't even know this stuff. They went to the same school everybody else went to where they was taught that this stuff is real. So, therefore, you can't make any statements about them unless you point three fingers back at yourself. If you haven't got up and studied this stuff and do like I do, I conjure up the money from somewhere and I walk up and down the halls of Congress passing out information. Do everything you can do to try to help them to be educated because once you get this education, let me tell you, you, it's a powerful feeling that goes all over your body. I can feel it like an endorphin rush just straight to the, the great matter. And, wow, I feel powerful. In fact, people are talking about I should be in the Guinness Book of World Records because I can quote all this stuff. I don't need no book. I've been studying all these years, you know. And so when they get like me, Believe me, we can take this country back in six to nine months. We can be back to what it was in the beginning. Everybody will be settled down in the state that they want to be in. You will be working, but only under the rules of the Constitution that say that you cannot take any privilege or immunity from any citizen of the United States. That means you cannot keep them off a job because of any bilingual, and a state cannot have more of them working than they have citizens, or they can get sued. It's 42 U.S.C. 1983. That's the buzzword for the federal court to know that the government is violating constitutional civil rights. You don't even have to write anything else but that. And then you carry these jobs in the court. You can take the government to court. I've done it so many times. You, you Google Christine Timmons federal court. You're going to see a bunch of immunities. That means that they're guilty. That's all it means. The case number 62937, that's a $10 trillion case to return all these tax dollars. You see, they be using American tax dollars. That's what they funded Westford Drafford with. They're supposed to give that money back to America because there's nothing in the Constitution like you said it. They supposed to raise money for the taxes for the welfare of America. They told us back in those days all about when they were going to pay it back. They never did. They just expanded the other programs that they shouldn't have did. And then New Guinea, the 104th Congress, tried to get that money back. But they didn't know how. But I do. The case is anybody can read it. $10 trillion worth of tax returns. That's what it is. And I'm going to keep fighting for it. Well, so I let's go ahead at this point real, real quick, folks. Uh, at this point, I do want to bring Dan back into uh, our conversation, and then uh, we'll bring it back uh, to you, Cindy, and then Kelly, and then we'll bring it back to you, Susan. Go ahead, Dan. Yes, um, interesting train of uh, logic here, or what do you call it, uh, thread. I, I don't know what they call these things anymore in conversations. Um, I'm, so, I'm doing all this uh, social media junk and computers all the time. But there's some really good questions there. Um, what do we do to actually practically solve this problem? Most of the elected representatives we have at the top are pretty much worthless. And as you go down the ranks, you get better and better people because they're closer to the actual people. But there's plenty of stinkers there, too. And there is a revolution going on in this country. There are people who are stepping up reluctantly to 
run for office, and there's people who are getting involved in politics reluctantly because it's what works to get people elected. But this may take quite some time. I mean, we've got to get people at the local levels to be able to learn the job, to be vetted thoroughly so we know that they're for real, and so that they can move up to the next level. This this could take more than just a few months. And we've got to win the hearts and minds of people. So I'm trying to think of, of what's actually worked in the past. Okay, what actually changed things? The, the American Revolution happened all of a sudden. I mean, there weren't uh, Americans really, before Lexington and Concord and then uh, the win in Boston, not many. There really weren't. They were Englishmen. But they already had the same ethos, the same moral character, the same individualism and the responsibility and the uh, willingness to accept others' uh, different views and, and uh, you know capitalism. They had all that stuff. Well, we've had this dumbing down in America for such a long time. And I do think the propaganda, even though it's widespread, is rather shallow. It's not that, that it's very deep in people's hearts and because it doesn't make much sense. They, they just spout lines. They're not used to thinking. They haven't been trained to think. So even though it's deep, uh, or rather it's, it's broad and, and uh, widespread, it's rather shallow, but it has to be replaced. And you don't ask somebody, and I'm not saying people are stupid, although there's plenty of them too, uh, but you don't ask somebody, uh, who, even an adult, to suddenly grasp deep terms that they have absolutely no basis in. You have to start with things that are simple, that make sense, that they can get, that they can see in their own lives. And once they get that, they should be coming, if you did it right, they should be coming back to you thirsting for more information and more understanding. And you still don't just dump it all on them because it's a lot. Most of us in the movement for liberty have not been just doing this and thinking about this for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Uh, we've been doing this for years, decades, some of us. And it, with me, it was very slow and very painful. I'm, I'm still learning today. Every single day I'm learning more stuff, uh, understanding how things actually work. So I'm thinking back, as I said, to what actually worked in the past, what mass movements for positive things happened quickly, and in fact, even for negative things, happened quickly and really, really changed things for good and all. And in America, Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement in the space of 15 years, and really um, after the initial re resistance, uh, very quickly, changed people in their hearts, not just the laws, but in their hearts. And what it was is, first of all, it wasn't confrontive in the sense of uh, we want to take from you. It wasn't violent. What it was was a plea for universal understanding. It was um, a, 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 a request that others treat you with the same respect that they expect to be treated with. It was something that people could get because we all want to be respected. So all they're saying is, look, we respect you. Fine. All we're asking for is exactly that, that same thing. And all people want to be left alone. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be molested. So Martin Luther King says, fine, we get that, and we want to leave you alone. But we want you to not mess with us. 
And all people want to participate in social things, in business. And they said, he said, you know what, we get that. We understand that you want to be able to be active in your communities and you want to be able to have businesses and you want to be able to interact with others socially. And, and, and all, that's all we're asking for is exactly the same thing. Well, that changed people. People changing is the reason why the laws changed. And those people, for the most part, even though there's plenty of that stinking racism left and plenty of people who hate each other for their, their gender or for their uh, religion or for well, who cares, they just because they're ignorant and they, they enjoy that hatred, um, there's many more people, far, far more people who are decent, who, uh, you know, I, as a perfect example, um, and this is not the most important issue in my opinion, um, but to some it's very important. And how a, a culture treats its animals sure to, sort of tells you how it's going to treat its uh, its unfortunate humans, right? the, the people who like uh, who can't uh, speak up for themselves, who can't defend themselves. Um, there was a horrible story about a week and a half ago about a veterinarian who exhibits all the signs of a classic sociopath, uh, shot a, a, a feral cat in the head and was grinning about it and boasting about how she enjoyed killing things. Now, I have friends on the left. Yes, I do, folks. And I have friends on the right. Honestly, I do. And then there's all these other people all over the map with with different political opinions. You know, the one thing that was really heartwarming to me is because this thing went viral. You probably saw it. If not, you can easily find it. Um, was that all of the decent people, the caring people of all these different groups and all these different backgrounds all universally said, this is repugnant, this is, this is not acceptable, this is shameful behavior, we don't accept it, we want this woman never to touch anybody's animal again, we don't trust her, she's a nut. Okay, so how do we get these people out there who have basic understanding of what it means to be a decent human being, and basic understanding of what the Constitution guarantees in much you know, more highfalutin and, and dignified language, which is simply that you're an individual, you have the right not to be bothered, you have the right to do what you want until you, and if you hurt somebody else, that's the basics of it, folks. That's the basics. So how do we get people to understand it? I'm thinking it's an appeal to anger can work, but only for a short time, because anger is a very difficult emotion to maintain. It's exhausting. What's more, it's very dangerous. Because angry people do violent things, and that's scary, and nobody really wants to be around that. Even the violent people don't like to be around other violent people because they could get hurt. And then there's, there's the other basic emotion of sadness. A lot of people are very sad about what's happening to America and the world these days. But that's a kind of a paralyzing emotion. Uh, you figure, you know, all you want to do is lay around and cry and eat ice cream or whatever, drink scotch, that's I like scotch better than ice cream. Well, um, okay, I've heard. Well, what let me you just finish up. Um, so then you have you have the emotion of fear, which is incredibly paralyzing, and there are a lot of people who are scared today of what's happening. But the one emotion that nobody seems to really be reaching out with, which is the the emotion that Dr. King reached out with, is the emotion of love, because love motivates you, and love overcomes fear and anger and sadness, and for love. We'll sacrifice anything. For love, we're willing to do the hard work and put up with things. 
if you love your child, if you love your spouse, if you love your your pet, if you love your community, if you love something, you're willing to do I love lamp. Yeah, well, that's good. But in any case, (laughs) that's my solution. That's what I think will work because we've got to reach people on a basic level. I think that's wonderful. And what you said about the simple way is absolutely correct. Now, have you heard of any drug wars or drug cartels in the United States since 1996? No, you haven't. You know why? Four words stopped them. The simple stuff. You stop welfare drug use. You stop the millions of people and they won't have any more money. Some simple stop them. Same thing for today. Only it's eight words now. First four words, you return state immigration power. Second four words, you stop non-citizen federal welfare and it's done just like that. You, yeah, you can uh, court martial Mr. Obama do all that stuff, but you ain't got to do all of that. That's to see what I do, what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I have to go to the far, far right extreme. I have to say two billion words to get four words done. That's all it takes. And the people who this affects, the immigrants, well, actually they're not immigrants under the Constitution. They're invaders. They already know this. They already know that they're supposed to register with the state and get state work visas. They are laughing. Oh, boy, are they tickle peak about this. They remember the day when their parents told them and when they were little kids and came in with their parents under the visas from the state. That's all it takes, all this whole talking going on, and that's all it's going to take. If we start right now, in nine months from now, America will be right back to what it was before this thing started. They will all be registered with the state. Now you can't be deported because you are registered with your state. You have your state work visa. You paid for your right to be sworn in as a legal resident of that state. The immigration office has received it from the state and sent you your papers. Now you start working on constitutional citizenship, and you're going to feel better about yourself, too. And the Democrat Party will not be using you and your family for votes. Ten, twenty years from now, you will be a real citizen. You can be a real part of America, not a part of America that's being revolted. Right now, it's a revolution against this. And and I don't, I mean, I don't blame the, the invaders. If I got a president of a big country telling me just to come on over and take all their money and do what you want to do to them, I guess I would, but I couldn't because I'm not that kind of person. When I go, anywhere I go, I have to do my share. When Detroit Edison wanted a nuclear power plant, I sat there with 36 engineers and learned just about every one of the equations, even though I didn't have to. I could have got on welfare because the welfare people made more money than me. I just have to earn mine. But you've got the people nowadays that don't want to earn it. But eight words stops them, the whole thing, all this socialist propaganda. And I'm an African-American who does not believe in Martin Luther King. Uh, he's nothing but a socialist, more socialist propaganda. What he was saying is already in the Constitution. It's Article 4, Section 2 that says all citizens are entitled to all the president's uses of all the several states. And then you book all down to Amendment 14. It said the same thing, and it says no state shall make or enforce any laws that shall take away any privilege or freedom of any citizen. They were supposed to be filed in the form J.S. 44 and suing to all of those states. See, 
that was already there. And then he made it look like a begging movement, like, oh, please help the black people, when he should have been telling them, darn it, the black people built the country from the beginning and all the patents for electricity, the cars, the telephone, the medicine, the steroid, all that was done by African Americans. That's not what he said. He made it look like somebody doing you a favor, nobody doing you a darn favor. So I never believed in Martin Luther King. I never believed in and still don't. You know, so, and I'm absolutely, I don't believe in all that crap. The only thing I believe in is what's written in this U.S. Constitution. This Constitution protects everybody who's a citizen. And if you come to this country as a non citizen, you're protected by the state to a certain extent that you do not take away any privilege of citizens. So everybody is already covered, all this socialist propaganda stuff. That's what's got us in trouble. That is what. Senator McCarthy used to talk about, he would say, if it's not in the Constitution, it ain't nothing but communist propaganda. I don't care how socialist it sounds, all that crap. It still ain't about nothing if it's not in this Constitution. So when we get this Constitution back in the school, and like you saying about throwing it at people, we was in elementary school, and the writing was real little. And we had to, everything I said to you tonight, this is what you better be saying in elementary school. Now, they took it out of the schools, so of course it sounds like somebody's throwing something at you. But we did it in elementary school and junior high. We sure did. When you got to high school, that was where you learned all the stuff about how the presidents were elected and the term and all that crap. But in, in elementary school, Everything I told you, if that teacher called on you and asked you what of the Constitution military clauses, you better be saying Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 to 17, which you better be saying. Well, what is Clause 15? That means that Congress can call for the militia to execute the laws of the union and to, to stop the insurrection and, and to repel the invading people. But you better be saying. And now Americans have been so led so far away and so brainwashed from the truth until when they hear it, they tell them, oh, they're throwing something at me. And you listen, take it. Everything they throw at you, take it. And when you get through hearing it, then you will be free because you will know that they cannot do any of the stuff they're doing to you. Just, that's almost nothing. Not, not one law in this country right now is in the Constitution. And that's why we're going through all the trouble we're going through now. U.S. District Court don't have no business doing nothing to these states about these non-citizens. That's what they got to learn. And, and if it takes that, I've got a beautiful document in my hand. I took my own time and my own little money, and I put what they need to know in big old size, 28 font. You have to dissect it. I dissected and I deciphered it and decoded it. It's already decoded. I'll tell you what's the part of it, the immigration, and what's the part of it. They give Congress all the powers. President ain't got but one or two powers. They can't do nothing no more than what they're taking. Obama's taking this because he knows the Republican leadership don't know it. And they're scared to learn. I mean, they're frightened. They, oh, my God, I'm scared. But they don't know this is the law. They haven't learned this. Nobody taught them. They taught them if you say something about the Constitution, and, oh, you're being mean. This is, well, it, 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 I'm sorry, it's kind of stupid, but they just didn't learn it yet. And so that's why people like me, Susan, and, and uh, the girl back there, Kelly, and that girl, the other girl, 
uh, Cindy, people like us that's not afraid to face the opposition. The opposition is the people who believe in the Democrat, communist, socialist stuff, the stuff that's not in the Constitution. That's what's going to save America. All of us. It saves everybody, including immigrants, uh, invaders. Saves everybody. Go, and go ahead, Cindy. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bring it over to you and then Kelly. And then uh, we'll bring you back in, Susan. Uh, it looks like we got about uh, 20 minutes or so before uh-huh. I'll have to start beginning to close things out for tonight's show. Uh, so let's uh-huh. go ahead and uh, bring this roundtable discussion around. Go ahead, Cindy. Well, uh, I pretty much had said everything. I- I'm so um illiterate, uh, constitutionally illiterate, that I don't have a lot to offer. Um, so I'm just sitting back and listening to Miss um, Miss Christine, and I'm going to get on here, and I'm going to really do some serious um, researching, and I'm going to get to do some serious um, sharing of information, and I'm going to do the best I can to get this to uh, my congressman, and um, and just kind of go from there and see uh, what we can get done. But I think we we must at least enlist the congressman that we know personally, you know, because we mm-hmm. uh, I know my congressman personally, and I need to make sure that he knows this and that um, the people he hangs with up there in Washington know this. And um, but, you know, they need to have a plan. And I, right now, the only plan I see from my from 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 Congress in general, this GOP-led Congress, the only plan I see is uh, just give Obama everything he wants and let him collapse That's what it the economy. Seems like. Just let you know, let him do whatever he wants, let him ruin everything, and then uh, we'll be the saviors that'll come in and people want to vote for us. But that isn't going to happen because if they let in all these millions and millions of Mexican voters, um, the Republicans will never have an important role in government again uh, as conservatives. Now, they will if they turn liberal. Uh, if they turn mm-hmm. progressive, they'll have a future. But there won't be any Ted Cruz's, there won't be any Ron DeSantis's, there won't be any uh, Mike Lee's, there won't be any um uh, uh what's his name um uh shoot anyway i'm forgetting their names but there won't be any of these these guys that are true conservatives uh in leadership um un- unless they have a plan now to deal with this now before this amnesty uh just opens mm. the floodgate well but, uh, Cindy, i hope uh, i i'd like to send you a copy of this to make it easier for you. Because, see, when you read the Constitution, you're not going to figure it out that way. You have to spend years. But what I've done for New Gingrich, I spent all these 20 years, and what I've done, I've dissected it and put all the rules for immigration in one section, all the rules for congressional rule of this country in another section. Everything has its own section. So you can go right to the, the congressional military laws. All of the, the Constitution is all in, in the section it should be in. So I would like for you to get a copy of this and make sure that you give it to your Congress. Because I went to D.C., but I can only visit about 20 offices. I mean, I'm only one person. 
There's only so much I can do in one day because I don't have enough money to stay over one day. And I, I feel sorry for people, you know, who uh, think that the Constitution is nuts and all that because it lets me know that they are truly, truly brainwashed in the communism yes. of, the, of the Democrats, and they're just another arm of the Democrat communism that's taken over, that they think is going to take over America. But I just hope that people like you remain out there, and I hope that you send me your P.O. box or whatever so you can get this. Because if you say you're going to research, it's not going to do you any good to go into books because the Democrat Party wrote those books. Even in law school, nine years I spent. It's not in the law school either. No, they teach them case law to learn the Constitution. When, and if you get, uh, if I can send you the first one, you're going to see the the constitutional neutering by federal judges. It's sitting right now in the judiciary <laughs> and 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 the House. And I think that's what Judge Hanin used to make the ruling that the states didn't have to do this because my documents are not something that I made up. They're federal court. You can find them online. They're online. So, you know, I just feel sorry for those who think that socialism, all this, I know about love and all this stuff, but this ain't about it, that. The love is a personal thing between people. And when you read the Constitution, it don't say nothing about love. It just say all citizens are entitled. And citizens, 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 citizens. It don't say nothing about non-citizens, except they can't come here unless they come under the power of the states and the people. And it said they can't go to U.S. District Court and mess with the states. But this is what's happening. It said they can't come across the border. So when Mr. Obama does these things, this is what makes me want to apply the constitutional uh, military law against him because he's violating the constitutional military law. But you know what? The Congress people don't know that. They have no idea. The same way you say you don't know, they don't either. <laughs> They don't know nothing yeah. about it. It's a shame so they're supposed to be the ones uh, upholding it. So let's go ahead and uh, let's see. It's about the bottom of the uh, the bottom of the second hour, and so I do want to make sure uh, you know everyone gets uh, another chance to get in, or at least uh, okay. the the last two folks I'd like to get in before closing out the show. So I'd like can to I go ahead. And, uh, can I ask her one more thing before I go, and this will be my last word? Um, uh, that's fine. The and then the last case. question I want to bring Kelly and Susan back in. And okay. have it be a short There's answer a if you could, uh, Christine. Or Christine. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just there's so a, happy to be on tonight. Okay. Well, there's a there's a there's a worst case there's a worst case scenario going around that says Obama is going. Let's take this riot in Baltimore and let's multiply it, and Obama is going to have the nation in such a turmoil and a and chaos by the time the 2016 elections come around, that he's going to have us under martial law and he's going to cancel all of our vote. He's going to cancel our elections. Congress has to do that. Congress, he has to get a letter of reprisal from Congress to do that. Okay. He has to get a letter of reprisal from Congress to do that. Because you're talking military. Everything military has to go through and like I'm trying okay. to tell you, all it takes is eight words, and the whole thing stops right there. And then you've got to re- restore America.
some confidence. You've got to honor my case. Six two nine three seven. You've got to give the Americans their ten trillion dollars worth of taxes back. If you have to give every American a thousand dollars a year to the state, that's what you need to do. You've got to restore America's confidence. You've got to retrain Americans. All of these things got to be done. Once you get those eight words in, then you go back to giving Americans their life back. They ain't got a life. For all this stuff that Obama's talking about, he don't don't need to do all of that. Americans already don't have a life because they don't know the Constitution that gives them life. And people, like one of the speakers, you know, talking about uh, uh, people nuts, you know, for for talking about the Constitution, people like him, I feel so sorry for them because it's almost like they're battling a battle with themselves. Even if you are a Democrat, this going to hurt you too, especially the white people. That's in my dossier. When when I send you, and when, if you ever get number one, you're going to find an eight-page dossier from the Brown Berets and the professor of University of Texas, Guerrero, and Loyola Marymount, and several elected officials, administrators in uh, the Southwest who are saying you old white people, it's your duty to die. We have beaten you like rats. Go back to Plymouth Rock. We're going to take over America through our love of having babies and legislate you out of here. And Professor Guerrero of U of T, he's saying that the white people are stuffing in their pants. He didn't say that word. He said the other word. And they scared to death that we're going to take over. Well, they're right. We got it, and we're going to keep it. And then Guerrero of Loyola Marymount, he's saying we're going to do all these things, but keep it quiet. You Latin slang and Latin code so the white people won't know and there won't be a white backlash. So the man I heard tonight talking about uh, the Constitution is nuts and all that stuff. He white. He sounds pretty white to me. He better understand this movement is against the white America. It's not against black America. I talk to them all the time down here in Florida. They can't stand white people. They say when they get through, white people are going to be wiped out. So now I'm not going to have it because I work with Europeans, especially them, all my life. I got a check coming the rest of my life from the work I did with Europeans on that Enrico Fermi II nuclear power plant, and I was one of the people who helped the uh, uh, Allstate Packaging Company. We sent all the equipment to the Vietnam War. That's how I'm getting my, my salary the rest of my life from the white people I work with. It wasn't no Latinos, wasn't no Hispanic and Haitians, Jamaicans, and all. wasn't even on these new Africans don't count either. They coming over here to capitalize on America's profiting just like everybody else is. So make no mistake, this is a war against white America, darn it, and I'm not going to have it. I done told them they don't have no white people to kill, like they're saying. And like I told Congress, about 50 officers in Congress got a copy of this, and I told them that these people are talking about killing the white people. They don't have no white people to kill. What white people they got? And Nieta, he talking about, oh, America is the other Mexico. He don't have no credentials. I done told him to tell Pena Nieta, the president of Mexico, to meet me at the border with his credentials. The Europeans had the credentials to build this country with the African-American country. Ain't 
nobody else got no credentials, and I'm not going to stand no war against white America. And here they started with the drugs in the black community to get their manufacturing down to them, and now they're shooting right at white America with their voting. They plan on voting you up out of there, and they're telling it. And it's not a situation I don't like it. I need my leadership, uh, my Republican leaders. I'm just hoping that they learn how to do the things that our forefathers did, and then we won't have this trouble. And the cute part is only eight words to fix the whole thing. Nine months and, now. Well, either that or get rid of the, either that, Christine, or get, or get rid of the duopoly, which has become pretty much just a one party. But at this time, I do want to go ahead and bring it over to Kelly because I want to get uh, – some uh, thoughts from him, and then I do want to bring Susan in because it looks like, you know, as I said, in about 15 minutes now, we'll have to I'll have to close some things out. So let's go ahead and bring yeah, it over to you, Kelly. I want to make one comment All right, well, about, I, about your song wanna... at the beginning, and then I'll be done. Let's go ahead and get Kelly in here. Go ahead, Kelly. And then right, we'll right, have uh, a shot for that. Yeah, I, I, I want to help you out here, Christine. Uh, first, I want to throw in some humor to kind of lighten things up. Um, this idea of uh, immigration by the states. I really like the idea. One problem. California. Let me finish. Hold on. Let let Kelly go. Let me finish. Christine, let Kelly I'm trying go. to lighten things up. Okay. All right. So the thing about immigration to the states. Okay. Yeah, that's a great idea. The way it was in the Constitution. The problem is, I'm going to have to move out of California because they're going to say, Yeah, come in here. Come in here. Come in California. Let's just knock down those fences on the southern border, and it'll be a mess. So that's kind of a little bit of humor. The other one a little light thing, and then I want to get into some tips here to help you. Um, I had this buddy, oh, I had a, I want to put in my southern accent, but uh, not yet. All right, so I had this buddy, uh, he was from the south. I'm going to get to my southern accent. His name was Camellius. This is back in college. He's a black folk. Neat guy, computer and programmer, all that stuff. He was from south, south Chicago. Anyway, he would ask me a question sometimes. So I'm going to put on my southern drawl here. Uh, Mr. President, I would like to ask you a question. <laughs> anyway, okay. So uh, I, wanted, I wanted to help you with a video. Um, let's see if Richard Fry can help you with it because he's a constitutional attorney. Dearly loves the Constitution. He's in Kansas. But um, I put a video together. Well, it wasn't me, a local uh, web-based uh, reporter, we got an issue, local issue here, and we did four minutes, 15 seconds, me and another guy. We packed the supervisor's chambers, just packed it. And so I would encourage a short video. Uh, it's short, I don't know why it's got to be short, but we hit like 7,000, which is more than 10% of our county. We've got 45,000 people here. And uh, <laughs> the supervisors got quite the tongue thrashing with what they want to pass. Anyway, um, but a YouTube video will be very helpful. And uh, the reason why I brought a second person in is because it was just myself. They might think I'm crazy, but we got a second person as a witness. He's looking at the issue, and they listened to both of us, and pretty soon it went all over the place. So I would encourage a YouTube video. They call other things a white paper, um, you know, six, seven, ten pages of this concept that you are resurrecting. And uh, I think a video like that, like when Obama's birth certificate came out, gosh, some of these early YouTube videos went up to millions. Um, I mean, literally within within a week. 
So I would I would encourage that and start getting the word out because if people get the word out, you have a website too. That's what we did for the local thing. We had uh, Planning Department Watch dash Siskiyou County. People could go there. They could learn more. They could get informed. When was the hearing? What time? Where? All that stuff. And Facebook's pretty easy to do. So a YouTube video that goes puts people to the Facebook page, and bam, you're going to have a lot of people listening. And if, uh, of course, the website would be a better way to do it because then you get more. But but eventually, your if your goal is to get people to call their congressman, um, the video, a website, a Facebook, boom, 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 people are screaming. The phones will be melting in D.C. And with someone like Richard Fry helping you to validate this, um, bam, I think you, you would really have something there. Well, you know, I hope that you, I think you got all of my information, uh, you know, my email and my phone number, but on what you said about the idea of the Constitution, what's going on in California, you see, it's not just one clause, there's about seven of them. When you come into the state as an immigrant, the state cannot make or enforce any laws that give them anything that belongs to a citizen. If the state does that, you're supposed to go to U.S. District Court and file a form JS44 and check the part that says civil rights. Then you go to the bottom and you write down 14 U.S.C. 1983. The court already knows that a government is violating the constitutional right. And you have to go by Article 6, Clause 2, that says everything they do in the states and everywhere else got to follow the Constitution. So when you read Amendment 14, it says, No state shall make or enforce any laws that shall abridge any the privilege of freedom of anybody in their state who is a citizen. So all citizens got to do is know this. So if you got a state like California where they done brought all those people in there, guess what? All those people can be sent right back up out of there. The people have the right to, to vote them back out of there. They have the right to go to U.S. court and say, I can't get a job because I can't speak Spanish or I can't get a job because there's more immigrants than me. That's a lawsuit. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I've been doing it for 20 years. So these are the things that people got to learn, that there's more than one clause in the Constitution that gives immigration to the state and the people the people have a right to referendum. They have a right to have in their state constitution how immigration is going to be done. This ain't something with the state. They say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Oh, uh, no. But, you see, the people don't know that. That's our part you know, like, is to try to educate them. And I agree, and I agree Christine. And, and I'm always, you know, a bigger fan of a more direct democracy uh, than representative democracy myself. Uh, but that uh, maybe could be for another day, maybe even a whole uh, new show comparing a direct democracy with uh, representative democracy in which we, we have. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring Susan in because uh, we've only got about 10 minutes before I have to um, close things out. So I want to get her to uh, be able to chime in uh, one more time before we've uh, got to close out. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, have uh, Susan come in. Go ahead, Susan. Well, first of all, we are not a democracy. We are a republic, and that's what Benjamin right. Republican. Um, and I've had to tell Representative Simpson, and even uh, Raul Labrador used that word, and he's quite conservative. And I have corrected many a person on that. It really irritates me that people don't know the difference between a republic and democracy. 
But, um, you know, those elected to public office have betrayed us. And it's because the people in general, the sheeple, should I say, are ignorant and apathetic at many times. Um, I think some congressmen, like Rand Paul and Ron Paul, knew the Constitution and stuff like that, but I think um, what there should be a law that requires anybody running for a federal office, particularly, and, maybe, and possibly a state office, to be able to pass a constitutional test. And if they can't... Dave Keller's been saying that for a while. <laughs> there you go. Um, so... I, I would put that into um, a, you know, and, and to have someone like Mitch McConnell, I don't know what he knows or doesn't know, but he pushed his vote and got Loretta Lynch in there, and she definitely is for spying, and the NSA is um, definitely something that is unconstitutional, right along with the Patriot Act, I believe, and the uh, NDAA. And they all, you know, invade our privacy on that issue. And believe it or not, Bernie Sanders, who's I guess it's sort of a socialist Democrat. He's against those particular items, very strongly against them. And I applaud him for that, and I called him today and I thanked him. Uh, Mitch McConnell, on the other hand, got an email from me because he did vote to put her in there. And I said, you know, if you need a pair of brass ones, I'll be more than happy to buy a couple small ones and mail them to you. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, too bad that uh, he couldn't have been beaten in the primary. Uh, by Matt Bevin, who we've had a couple times here on the show. Uh, the first time we had him on is he was running against McConnell in the Republican primary, and then now he's actually uh, running in a primary for governor in uh, Kentucky. So if anyone out there is listening from Kentucky, definitely check out Matt Bevin at uh, www.mattbevin.com and uh, check out uh, his campaign. I believe the uh, primary vote is on May the 19th. Uh, so anyone out there in Kentucky, uh, I would say I would support uh, Matt Bevin. I mean, just I've compared him with some of the other candidates, had him on the show a couple times. Uh, he's running for governor now, or at least in the primary for governor. Uh, so definitely would be uh, good to see him. Uh, seeing, who knows, maybe he'll challenge uh, McConnell again uh, one day. Uh, we'll see. But, yeah, definitely was, uh, was bad. We could have had someone like uh, Matt Bevin in there instead of McConnell, but of course, the um, didn't pan out that way. And let's all remember, folks, uh, in that primary, uh, Rand Paul supported Mitch McConnell over Matt Bevin. So that, that, that's yes, what I'll tell you about uh, Rand Paul and his presidential, uh, his presidential bit in the primary. Well, Susan, you Good know team. more than anybody tonight about the Constitution. You're absolutely right. Article 4, Section 4 says... United States shall guarantee to each state a Republican form of government. So that means it doesn't matter if you're libertarian, constitutional Democrat, you still got to give us a Republican form of government, which means you do everything that's in the Constitution. So thank you for all that you've said, and I hope that you call Labrador's office because I talk to them almost on a daily basis. Just tell them that you talked to Christine Simmons, and you agree that they need to start the naturalizing committee. They got to. They're not immigration. The most powerful committee that they can have when it comes around to this issue is to naturalize. So whoever the state bring in, bring who you want to bring, but you've got to support it with state welfare, and we have nothing to do with it, and we determine who is going to become a citizen, not these 
immigration brokers and nationalizing citizenship brokers. I've talked to Labrador's office about that to date, just to date. These are things we got to do. Susan, I hope you call me, too, at 954. Oh, let me write it down. 954-734-0812. I want to send a copy of Part 2 of the New Gingrich Study where the Constitution has been deciphered and decoded. And the immigration section got their own section, their own clauses. Everything is set out the way it's supposed to be so you can understand it. Because if you just try to read the Constitution, you ain't going to find it that way because you've got to go to different clauses, and then you hook up all the clauses. So I spent 20 years for New Gingrich doing all of this, and I'd love for you to have a copy. I really would. You, you are just going to love it the way I did it by putting each Constitution clause on a different page to go with the the, the issue that they support inside 28 fonts, so it's easy to read. Now, remember, when we was in elementary school, it was in real little size 8 fonts, but they made us read it, and we had to learn it. So the people nowadays, they've been doing been brainwashed for 40 years with this Democrat commie stuff, so they don't understand it. I don't want people to be short-tempered with the Republicans. They've only been there four months. They went to the same schools you did. So if you want to be of service, you need to be getting a copy of this and trying to read it and trying to help them to understand so we can save our country. But see, what I have to do, i got to do 2 billion words trying to get eight words done. All I'm trying to do is get them to return state immigration power and stop federal non-citizen welfare. That's, that's my main goal. Now, the Nationalized Committee, they're the ones who are supposed to deal with all these fake organizations that's doing the naturalizing. And that's only four words. You revoke invalid unconstitutional citizenship and make them start all over again. That's all I'm hey, trying to do. Hey, Christine, is Adam going to have to, to, to stop? Because I see we only have a, a few minutes left. And uh, so I want to go ahead and. Yeah, so I got to go ahead and start. start Ten, ten seconds after your phone. Tonight. Okay, your phone says it's a good day to die. I say it's never a day to die. We have a lot to fight for. We will win this war with words of the United States Constitution. It's never a day to die. This is a day to fight for our freedom. Well, that's an excellent point. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead, Dan. Uh, we got like a, a minute, and then I'll have to close things out. Go ahead. A lot of people okay. use violent words. And the Constitution is full of very important and educated words. But the words that are most important to me are the words that reach the people, because the people are the ultimate power and guarantor of constitutional liberties, of the liberties that preexisted the Constitution. And, you know, I, I'm not against legal means. I'm not against, uh, you know, technical means. I'm not against all these issues. I work with all these different groups for all these different issues. They're all important. But it call, all comes down to one thing, which is uh, a basic understanding. And I know people poo-poo, oh, love. well, I'll tell you what, I've reached more people, and I'm accepted by more disparate groups that won't talk to each other, but they'll talk to me, and I'm able to bridge that gap because like Martin Luther King said, I'm quoting him here, returning violence for violence 
multiplies violence. Adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And as I remind, please don't interrupt. And as I remind all the people, as I remind all the people who, um, uh, of the most important amendment to the Constitution, which is the Second Amendment, it, it supersedes all others. And I'm going to quote a guy called Paul Coelho here. He said, love everybody, but never sell your sword. Folks, it's real simple. All this really deep stuff is great and it's important, but it's really, really simple. And if you want to be able to reach people who don't get it right now, just get through to them some basic messages, which is your liberty, your personal liberty, your family's liberty is under attack by people who masquerade as Democrats. They masquerade as Republicans. They masquerade as people who care, but they're not. They're no different than the people our founders fought against. They're no different than kings. They want power over you to do what they want to you. So the solution is to love each other, to unify, to learn what the heck we're doing, and to not disarm. Provided we do not disarm, we will not have to fight or kill. And that's all I've got to say. And with that, uh, and with that Dan, uh, thank you very much. It was really uh, great to have you back on the show. And hopefully uh, we can hear uh, more of you in subsequent shows. And uh, we're looking to uh, have a discussion uh, perhaps on Agenda 21 for next week. We're just closing some things down on that. And we uh, do have some more guests that are uh, being lined up for the next uh, two, three weeks. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't have time to uh, go over those because we only have literally a few mo- uh, moments left. So I want to thank everyone for coming to the show, uh, whether you uh, called in and uh, been a part of the show tonight, uh, just listened in or uh, live or part of the archive. But definitely share the link. Uh, and if you'd like to be a part of uh, the email uh, group, the email list, uh, so you can get the updates of the upcoming and the podcast shows. Uh, just send me a message from the contact page on Bard's Logic Political Talk's website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And so I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So take care, everyone. Thank you again, and good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for coming. Okay. Bye. Bye.